Blog Talk Radio. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are back, baby. Another Sunday, 8 p.m. We are on 8.03, but you know how we do. You know, we on CP time a little bit. 10, 20, 23, 11. We are on the air. It's your boy, Pudgy, KRP Radio Show, WMMG, home of the KRP Radio Show, broadcasting live out of NC, baby. Shout out to the people out there on the West Coast and the people in Washington, D.C. and Crookton, Crooktown, or whatever we want to call that. I got my guest host with me on tonight, the most prolific, most innovative, say what he want to say, will say what he's going to say, and it's always the truth in what he's saying. Got my man T-Mont on the air with me tonight. T-Mont, what's up, baby? Hey, man, it's your world, brother. I'm just that squirrel searching for the proverbial nut. 
<laughs> it's real important you say that. We don't want to offend nobody. I know that's a joke. So shout out to all the listeners out there, man. We are on the air. We live. I want you guys to call in. You know the number is 619-638-8559 is the number as we chop it up about today's topics. Just want to give a special shout out to my people out there in the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Also shout out to the people who came out this weekend as we were out there in uh, Salisbury, North Carolina, out there. And, uh, you know, I said a little bit what was on my mind. You, you know how... You know how us folks do, man. We gotta, we gotta come out, come out the gut with it. What, what old folks say, what come up, come out, and a whole lot came out. So, I hope you guys enjoyed that. So, shout out to Major Dave, and uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You know, shout out to all the folks who came out there, shook hands with, and uh, you know, it was a pretty good turnout, man. You know, T Mont, how was your weekend, brother? My weekend was wonderful, friend. Um, got an opportunity to get some rest. I had church today, and mm-hmm. um, you know, so. Uh, my weekend was great. Went to the movies last night and uh-huh. um, saw Real Steel. I really enjoyed that. I got to check that out, too, man. I heard, I heard it was a pretty good movie. The, the movies done got high, man. What in the world? The movies, man. I don't know about out your way, man. How much is the movies out your way, bro? Well, for five people, it was right at 54 bucks. But check this out. We didn't realize it, and we got initial five tickets and it was like 67 bucks and I said man it's almost like we went to a, a ball game or something you yeah. know? and come to find out they have what they call IMAX theaters uh, in with regular theaters so we accidentally got tickets for the IMAX theater and I said hold on did you guys scale up or scale back and the guy was kind of getting but I think they kind of scaled back. I said, well, give mm-hmm. me the scale back tickets, okay? So, you know, they really? took 20 bucks off. But I'm like, I'm not going to pay. That's like, you know, flying on an airplane, you know, paying for first class versus, you know, regular coach seat. You know, you get there at the same time. I said, just give me the regular tickets. <laughs> I know that's right. As long as I get there safe, I'm good. I don't, don't want to fly on that. that uh, what was the name of that movie, man, with – um. What's my man's name? I can't even think of his name now. Getting big big props right now, comedian. Soul Plane. I don't want to fly on a Soul Plane, but, you know, get me there get me there safe and on time, and I'm good. Yep. So shout-out to you, T-Mont, man. I'm, I'm glad you had a good weekend. We had a good weekend on this side, too, man. Got a lot of stuff done. I was just actually coming off vacation and had to work the last two days of the week. And uh, so, you know, it, it was an extra long vacation for me. At, le- at least it felt like it. But, you know, we even work when we're on vacation, so... It is what it is, but uh, got a big show for you folks out there, man. We gon' we gonna cover a lot of topics, and uh, you know we've been I've been getting a lot of flack from people. Well, what's new, man? Y'all y'all always give me flack. You write me emails and you talk about me. You don't like my Facebook posts, but it's all you know. It's all good. It's all love because I don't sugarcoat nothing, man. And you know one thing about stink, you can sprinkle sugar all over it and it don't change that it stinks. So. You know, that's what we do, man. 619-638-8559 is the number. If you're on the web, hit us up, www.krpradioshow.com is the number is the web address. You can also hit us up on YouTube at youtube.com backslash krpradioshow. And if you don't know, we got T-Mon on here co-hosting the show with us. You can check out his YouTube also. That's T-M-O-T of G-A. T-M-O-T-O-F. GA. That's how you can find him. He's got videos on there. And and, and one thing that you do, T Mont, and you know, shout out to you, man, because you actually respond to people from a video in a video or, or with the video. So that that's BIG, man. I know I know you get a lot of uh feedback on that, don't you? Yeah, uh 
people uh, ask questions all the time. But keep in mind, guys like yourself are, are really the, the ones that's making the difference because you're a young cat, and folks can relate to you. Uh, I, I guess, you know, folks look at me more of a, a, a father figure, so to speak, as, a, as opposed to a peer. Mm-hmm. I, I only wish that I had started doing this when I was your age. I may have been able to uh, affect a bigger difference, but, you know, what the word says, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to start. I'm glad that, you know, whatever years I do have, that I will do it, and I, I hope that it, I, I'm not taking any credit for what you are doing, but I, I hope that, you know, the time that I do have will spur more young folk like yourself to get out there and do what you're doing, and I just want you to know that I really applaud and appreciate what you're doing as a young man because, you know, you are setting the example for other young men. All they have to do is just open up their eyes and see. Wow. So what to you. That's um. Man, we got. It. I hope we got that recorded because we. I don't. I don't get that too much. <laughs> now I, I, I appreciate it, T. Man, that that's that's um. I don't even know how to respond to it, but I, I'll say I'll tell you this. I will give the credit for for whatever I'm doing for the positive for folks to you and and others like yourself because you guys set the groundwork for people like me to have some good damn common sense and um. It, you know, I, I put on I put on Facebook one day. I said, "It seems like common sense is now a rarity because people don't have common sense about things." So, you know, shout out to you, and, and I appreciate it wholeheartedly, more than I could ever say in, in, on the journey that you took a quest to and, and the things that you do. Because it's people like you, man, that keep us motivated, that keep us grounded, that taught us the way. We wouldn't know how to go if we didn't have people like yourself that taught us the way to be, how to act. Boy, dress right when you go for an interview. How you talk around grown folk, you know what I mean? Just common sense things, but things that aren't taught. And, uh, man, I, I cherish those values because it, it, it makes me who I am today and to be the father that I am today. So I appreciate it to you, brother. Definitely. Hey, I appreciate that, man. Um, somebody commented on uh, one of my videos. I We had a young man that was shot and killed here in Atlanta by the um, um, Transit Authority police. And and I've heard this 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 attack before from some other folk, mm-hmm. but this guy basically said, "Who came before us? You did. You let this generation down. That's mm-hmm. why we do what we do." And so every time I see a brother like yourself doing what you do, I I can still smile inside and not let what this young man, uh, his words, take hold as though it may be some truth to it. Because, see, I know that there's no no truth to it every time I see a brother, a young man, a young black man like yourself. I know there's no truth to it because, you see, somebody taught you, and, and I wanted to respond to him. Uh, I didn't do a damn thing to you. Do I know your mother? Did I drop seed in your mother and forgot about, uh, forget about you? Did I do any of those things that have caused you to do whatever you may have been doing or this young man who just got shot down? Mm-hmm. I submit to you, no, I didn't because, see, I raised my children. Now, I understand that I need to be an example 
or other young men, which I try to do each and every day. But every time a young man will allow himself to take hold of this thing about some generation letting another generation down, and they are an adult themselves, they have already lost the battle because we are responsible for our own lot in life. Yeah, we may have had some sorry parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we may have had a rough go of it. But when we reach the age of maturity, we are responsible. Whether we have the tools or not, we are still responsible. And I think that's the one thing that most folk don't get. But people don't want to take the example. You know, they, they, they brother, I, I, I wish I could clone a thousand of you because you, you may not see what I see from where I'm sitting. A thousand of you will have more impact than a thousand of me. Why? Because, see, my time is coming on. All I'm simply doing is trying to pass back what it is I've already lived through. But see, where you sit, you are actually doing what they need to be doing so you have more of a positive impact because when they look at you, they can relate to you more so than they can me. Why? Because they are your peers. Mm -hmm. They are your peers. And they already may lack respect for me because, see, when they look at me as an older man, they think of the father that they did not have, and there's resentment. But, see, I'm not like who their father was. I'm not that, but they can't see that. They can't even comprehend that. Mm -hmm. all, All men my age ain't hitting on nothing. So I have nothing to say to them. They reject what I have to say already. And it's the same scenario with blacks who are still pissed off about slavery. Um. They can't get over what the white man did. Therefore, they must have something to blame. They can't even see that they're nothing but a mere reflection of poor white trash that fell into the ranks of the KKK, uh, the skinheads, the Nazis. We got to blame somebody else for our inferiority. It's like the person saying, I have an uncle who is a professional baseball player, or uh, my third cousin uh, uh, was an was an author, mm-hmm. as though that rubs off on you. <laughs> but, that that's what people do. They latch on the folk to either elevate themselves, or they kick dirt on folks to elevate themselves in the opposite direction. And and this is something that you know people can't see. So you know again, and I can't say it loud enough, and I will continue saying it. You need more brothers like you doing what you do, speaking out. I don't mean just achieving and making it in life, but speaking that word to them other brothers out there that are your peers because they will hear you before they hear me, and that's a fact. Wow. T-Mont, baby, y'all, I mean, you hear it. It's, it's live. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's appreciated by me, and I hope it's appreciated by folks in uh my my quote unquote peers, you know what I mean, and, and folks who are within the same age brackets or a younger younger audience or what may have you. Um, it's a fifteen. We got to bring on the triad super saver Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Going to come on. She's going to tell us how to save a couple dollars. You guys know who it is. You write her letters and you send emails to her, and she's always telling us how to save a couple dollars. So we're going to bring Charlotte on right here and see how she's doing for the night. Charlotte, you are on with Pudgy and T-Mont. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm lovely. What about T-Mont? I don't know how T-Mont doing. 
How are you doing? How are you doing, young lady? I'm doing very well. Sean, what you got? What you got for us today? Um, well, in honor of the Halloween season coming up, I thought I'd talk about a couple ways to save on Halloween. Okay, well, you know, I'll let you talk about let's see, how to save on a couple of Halloween dollars. We know, despite if we believe in it or not, people going to do it. So if you're going to do it, save a couple of dollars. Charlotte, you got the flow. Thank you. Okay, well, um, Halloween is coming up, and I have kids. So if any of you have kids or you just enjoy being a kid, then you might, you know, find some of these tips useful. So I thought that I would give you a couple of ideas on, first of all, ways to save on buying candy. As you've probably seen and as I have truly seen getting ready for the season, that candy is very expensive. Um, You know, one of the ways that I would say that you could save money um, for candy would be to buy in bulk. I don't typically suggest buying in bulk. I don't like um, big box stores because I find that you can't save the most money. But in this instance, I would recommend, um, you know, stopping by Sam's or Costco or, you know, any of your local stores that sell um, items in bulk. That might be a way that you could um, lower your, um, you know, price per unit and your out-of-pocket would be lower. Another thing that I would say is, um, you know, shopping last minute is probably one of those things that most people cringe about, but... When you shop last minute, you can find that you can save um, because people have already started marking their prices down. I know that when we shop the week before, the week of Halloween, people have already put their items 50% off at least. So it's an awesome time to try to stock up. Even if you've already got your stuff for this year, it's a good idea to go ahead and buy for next year. Um, I'm a huge advocate of buying ahead and putting up. So um, that's another thing that you can do. Don't overbuy. Um, time and time, again, I'm sure people buy too much candy thinking that they're going to run out. But, um, you know, you don't have to buy for everybody. When you're out, you're out. And, you know, people understand that nowadays. So just buy enough from what your budget is comfortable with. And if you can't get any more, then just stop right there. It's okay to say no. And, um, you know, people understand. Just turn your light out and they won't stop by. And another thing I would say um, when you're, you know, thinking about costumes and ways to save on costumes, you could, um, you know, make your homemade costume. I know that that's probably not the easiest for some people that aren't very crafty or creative. But if you are, then there's tons of ideas um, just by searching the Internet and ways to make your own costume. I was actually talking to a friend of mine tonight, and she said that she made her son a robot costume out of a cardboard box and the pose from a dryer for his arm. So, you know, something as simple as that you can do. Another thing that you could probably, you know, do is to go online. You know, I'm a huge advocate of shopping online. We've talked about that several times. Um, on the show, and um, just by shopping online, you can usually find items much less because they're usually, you know, leftover or they're at wholesale price, uh, and you can usually find, you know, savings that way. So by doing a little comparison shopping and uh, doing some research for coupon codes and free shipping offers, you should really be able to find um, an item that's really low and much less than you would actually pay for in store. And, um, you know, you can also check 
on Craigslist. We talked about that before. You know, somewhere local for a store. You can get, um, you know, some ideas that way to get creative. It's all about being creative if you do dress up, though. Um, and then one last thing is just recycle costumes. If, you know, your kids have friends that are a size smaller or a year younger, you can ask to borrow that costume or, you know, hand them down to your children that are younger. Uh, kids don't know the difference, and there's no reason why you can't um, share, share the love. So those are just a couple of tips that I would say for lowering your budget on during Halloween because I know that spending money on Halloween is not a top priority for most people, at least not me, but it is fun for the kids. And, um, you know, if you do decide to stay home and do that, then this might be a, an easy way for you just to save a little bit of money. Sounds good to me. You know, like I said before, people are going to, they're going to do what they're going to do. So when it, when it comes to terms of spending money, Folks don't like you telling them how they can spend their dollars, but Charlotte, I gotta give you credit. <laughs> I mean, you go hard, man. Your, your your website is extraordinary. The information you put up there is extraordinary. You come on here every single week and drop tips for people on how they can save a couple dollars, how they can shop better, how they can go to this supermarket, how they can coupon. You actually put different links and and different uh uh specials on your website for people to print off. So. Man, I commend you for what you do, and I uh, appreciate the information you give us, giving us on uh, Halloween. What What are you gonna dress up as? I know you're gonna dress up as something. What am I gonna dress up as? Yeah, I probably won't. I know. <laughs> I, last year I was a a girl football player. So. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, I had a friend that had a football costume, and I kind of took that over. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. it is, Charlotte, the Super Saver. Try Super Savers. Also, check that out on Facebook if you're on Facebook. Try Ad Super Savers. Look her up. Googler, special, whatever you got to do, search her. She's online and she's always giving us some tips. You can also email her at k-i-r-p-gmail, k-i-r-p-radio at gmail.com. I must be excited to something. I don't know, man. You it's are. A, things are buzzing. I'm drinking this super coffee that my wife made for me. I mean, it's tea, so, you know, it's a good night, man. Charlotte, you got any shout-outs before you go? Um, I, well, it's not really a shout out, but I got to go to Yo Gabba Gabba tonight, and I just wanted Uh-oh. to say that it was really awesome. So if you have the chance, maybe check that out. Yo Gabba Gabba Live coming to cities all over the U.S. So. Yo Gabba Gabba, my kids like that, man. We gotta check that out. Yo Gabba Gabba, shout it out. It was to really Biz fun. <laughs> the Biz Marquis doing stuff for the kids. He was there. Was he there? Shout out to Biz. Yeah. I wish we, I wish we could have shot. <laughs> wish we could have saw that. We gotta check that out eventually. Look, we gotta go to a commercial. I'll put some stuff up on my page. So. Yeah, do that and let me know, man. Make sure you keep me keep me posted on what's going on right there. We're gonna go to a little commercial here in just a second. We'll be right back. We're on the line with T, my baby co-host. Triad Super Saver just came on. We'll be right back after these messages. We're gonna end it with a little bit of go to the commercial with a little bit of Bootsy.
garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897 And don't forget Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says Don't forget the reason For the season Sixty thousand North Carolina families Are affected by autism One out of every 110 children born today Will be diagnosed with autism If you have any questions Or need support We can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach him on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach him on YouTube. Love somebody today. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Welcome, welcome back to WMMG, home of the KRP Radio Show. On the air with my co-host of the evening, the prolific, most magnificent T-Mont baby of GA. We on the air now. We're going to get right back into it, man, because T-Mont is good folks in there. He, he's got great common sense. Out, outside of his intellectual side, he got good common sense. And you just don't, anytime I get people with good common sense on the air, T-Mont, I just like to chop it up and... Just talk about a little bit of reality, man. And uh, one one thing that's going on here 
or, or one question that I put out there uh, to a lot of the listeners out was, uh, what, what do you think about, can two women, let me get down to it, can two women or two men raise a child more properly than a man and a woman in society today? Because a lot of people are arguing that fact, saying that it doesn't matter as long as they have a two-parent household. So I'm, I'm just curious to your thoughts on it. Okay. I always tell folks up front, uh, so when I give advice, advice it, it, it may come from two perspectives. But mm-hmm. the first perspective is always from the Christian perspective. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, just looking at it from numbers-wise, if you've got two people who are having to raise kids, Two is always going to be better than one, okay? If one has to work and then there's one there in the household or one works in the day, the other works in a, at night, there's mm-hmm. always somebody help, helping out. So two is always better than one, and I wouldn't argue that, okay? Uh, it may be a situation where, you know, uh, a woman with two kids may have moved in with her sister to make things easier in, in raising those two kids because a husband died uh, or, you know, for whatever reason was divorced. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. But when folks start trying to use the argument uh, lesbian women or, or, or gay men, yeah, I'm, I'm against that because, number one, that goes against my religious principles. Mm-hmm. Now, you can always tell folks, do you. <laughs> I believe in the end God has the final say on all of that, but I know what the Bible says about homosexuality, it is sin. And when you have two parents who are living in that type of sin, raising children, those children will be exposed to that and thinking that it's okay. My own niece and and my youngest daughter, Mm -hmm. I would not allow her to go and spend the night with her first cousin, my Mm -hmm. brother's child, why? Because my brother and his girlfriend were not married. They were shacking. And mm-hmm. my daughter asked me why, and I said, honey, because I need you to understand that shacking ain't cool. That's not what you do as a young woman when you grow up and get out on your own. You want to be married to the man that you live with. So I will not allow you to go and live in that environment because it goes against my Christian principles, okay? But now, did I stop my niece from coming to stay over here? Of course not. You know, I'm married. So, right. you know, I meet the burden. You understand what I'm saying? So, in short, two people are always going to be more better than one person when it comes to raising a child or children. I mean, that's hands down. But would I support or condone homosexual relationships? In that scenario, of course I would, because children will grow to love their parents. They will want to emulate them, and I think it's wrong for a child to be taught that homosexuality is a natural act. It is not a natural act, and I know there are those who are going to say that it is, blah, blah, hey, and and I'll say again, hey, do you, man, do you. (laughs) I get a lot of it. I get I get a lot of that um, because of the stance that I took uh, in this state. You know, we had a, an amendment, you know, the marriage amendment, where uh, basically it was 
outlawed for same-sex marriage. At, at this point, it's going to be voted on. The, the legislators didn't vote on it, and uh, that's the stance that I was taking. But outside of that, is one thing that I was saying is that my religion is mine, and uh, I'm not going to change my religious beliefs. As a matter of fact, it's not even debatable. So I'm never going to change that part of it. But I also never felt like it was okay for any legislator to make that decision for citizens. And uh, so outside of that, it comes back to this question, and, and I, I'm a firm believer that, man, there's no way possible that I can prepare my daughter to be a woman in this world, in, in this world today or yesterday or in the future. There's no way possible. It's, it's not even, it's not happening, man. I can't prepare a woman being a man. I can, I can barely prepare a child, a, a male child to go out here. All I can do is give him what I got and teach him, a, a, you know, how to be a man. So there's no way that I could, that I could prepare a woman or a, a girl to be a woman in a society period. So when it comes back to this question, you know, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual, I don't think two heterosexual men could prepare a child, a female child to be a woman. And, and I definitely don't think two homosexual men could do it. And, and furthermore, I don't, I don't believe that it's right. You know what I mean, Timon? Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. Getting on that issue, there are folk who, who argue that uh, and, and I guess what we probably need to do is, is, is separate uh, the issues because I, I may have misunderstood your question from the beginning. Um, as far as the, the two-parent home, a mm-hmm. two-parent home is definitely better than a one-parent home. But when I speak of a two-parent home, I'm speaking of a male and female. Because Absolutely. going to your point, a man can't teach a young woman how to be a woman he can teach that woman how she is to be respected. Absolutely. But he cannot teach her how to be a woman. It takes a woman to teach a young girl how to grow up to be a woman. And conversely, a woman cannot teach a young boy how to grow into a man. She may show and be able to teach her son, uh, this is how you treat a woman, this is how you respect a woman, but she cannot teach him how to be a man. That's a man's job. And you see, we have allowed Hollywood Mm. to deprive our family structure of that only after the groundwork had been set up, and I know people ain't going to like me for this, by the liberal Democrats. Mm -hmm. With the Great Society, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the implementation of the welfare state that began the systematic breakdown of the black family structure. That is why illegitimacy in the black community is over 70%. Wow. Wow. You know, you you hit hit something that's, uh, let me brush my shoulders off a little bit because I've been talking about that for a little while. (laughs) Been talking about it for a while and a lot of people just don't, uh, like you say, they don't like it. You know what I mean? They don't want to hear what the what the liberal agenda or what Democrats have done in the past to uh, legitimize themselves in the black communities and the things that have been implemented that has, uh, you know, in my own words, that have destroyed the black family for the most part. 
And uh, it, it's crazy, man, because, you know, the truth is in the pudding, man. All you have to do is really pay attention to the things that have happened, um, pay attention to society, some of the laws that have been passed. Uh, you, you know, just pay attention to your surroundings and the things that have been going on in, in your own community or in your own schools or in your own household. I find it, excuse me, I find it repulsive that people won't even accept that when you bring those things to the forefront of, of you know, what's really going on out here. And we don't get a lot of people that really stand up for right. And and I just, I can't, I can't go for the okie doke, man. I'm not, I'm not the type of person that can just believe anything and everything that I've been told. So, you know, I like to research things. I like to, uh, to, to, to study some things and to find out, you know, where did this come from? Where did that come from? How did it get this way? How did it get that way? And, you know, I guess going back to the topic of things is that I just don't think it's possible. I don't, I don't think a, a same-sex marriage um, or same-sex union that, that raises children, I don't think that it's possible to, to, you know, respectfully raise a child in that type of setting, in that type of environment. Now, you you can take religion all outside of the the whole conversation and just look at it for what it is and and it and it's just not possible without some sort of influence. I mean, when you when you live in the household with your spouse or with your significant other, you're going to kiss that person, you're going to hug that person, you're going to share some emotions with that person that the kids are subject to seeing, they're just going to see that and they're going to think that that's okay. So it's it's you know, it, it it's it's different, man. It, it it's it's tough out here and a lot of people just want you to accept what they believe and call it a day, but it has a lot to do with all of us because when you raise your child in that type of setting and they go to school, what do you think they're going to talk to their kids, to their their friends about? What do you think they're going to talk to the teacher about? And then if you bring education into the mix of it and the teachers are talking about these type of things without your acceptance, your kids are subject to the same things when they leave your house and when they go to school. You know what I mean, Tima? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, like you say, a lot of people don't, don't agree with that. And, and welfare, that, that's a whole, man, that, that's a whole nother topic that folks don't like to hear about. Folks don't like to talk about. Folks don't believe welfare is actually harming the black community. And Democrats have been doing all they can do for the black community since forever, you know. And and I just don't understand what they're seeing. I, I don't know what they see, brother. Well, it's called not having a dog in the fight. Uh some people don't understand where I'm coming from when I talk about this. Now, I, I like to make it clear for folks so that they understand my position because a lot of them think that all I want to do is point fingers at the Democrats, which is not the case. Absolutely. I am a conservative, okay? So I, I go ahead and, and make that, and, and when I say I'm a conservative, people will automatically say, oh, well, he's a Republican. <laughs> uh, no, I adhere to what um, Malcolm X said about the Republicans and the Democrats. They are both members of the canine family, one likened unto a wolf and the other a fox. So with that being said, I gave the Republican Party 12 years of votes mm-hmm. and with the last term of George Bush, I couldn't tell the Republicans apart from the Democrats. They are both destroying this country, mm-hmm. but what most folks won't get because of misdirection, they are destroying the middle class. 
Mm-hmm. They are making more poor people and preventing other folks from being able to climb the ladder uh, of the American dream if they so desire. And people just can't see this. Our jobs are being exported overseas in droves. We have both the Republicans and the Democrats to be thankful for that. Our uh, service jobs here in America are being filled by illegals. We have Democrats to be thankful for that. We give tax breaks to corporations under the guise of them <coughs> creating jobs, but they invest that money in establishing jobs for folk overseas so that they can increase their bottom line. So I could go on and on and on and on, but I still hold to conservative principles and, and more along the line of, of of a libertarian, so to speak. So I don't trust either party at this point, and I think what it's going to take is folk like you and I who actually see what's going on to get out here and start making some real noise like what you are doing with your radio show, trying to enlighten folk, trying to wake black people up and get them to understand a handout from the government is not what you need. And it's so amazing how the old sayings that people used to say to me long time ago are now so relevant. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. and, And people just can't even, can't seem to grasp that concept. As long as the government puts forth that it is their job to see to it that we have A through C, cradle to the grave, we will never do for ourselves and we will never be free. And I did a video called The Democrats and the Republicans Are Creating a New Class of Niggas uh, that include all races in America. That's the blacks, the whites, the Hispanics, you name it. They are dogging us out and dragging us to hell. And what folk don't understand, if it happened to the Romans, if it happened to the Greeks, it can happen to America, and that is the destruction of this country because they are driving it to hell in a handcart, and America had better wake up. And, you know, I'm particularly focusing on things in the black community. You know why? Because we better wake up first because we'll be the first ones to go, Chief. Absolutely. Absolutely. 619-638-8559 is the number. Hit number one if you got something to say, folks. It's um, It's amazing. What's happening in the country, man, that I'm seeing, and and it's speaking on the Tea Parties, speaking on the Occupy, and other protests and other groups, and people are getting together, man, and they don't know what to do, but they want to do something. They want to say something, and that's because they all realize that we all are being failed by either party or both parties at the same time. And I look at this Occupy group. Well, let me, let me ask you, what, what do you think about this Occupy movement? No focus other than just demonstration. I think they ought to be allowed to demonstrate uh, as long as they do it peacefully, and I don't think anybody should, should bother them or intimidate them. But I don't think that they are as organized with a, a fine-tuned agenda as was, let's say, the Tea Party movement, which I originally supported until they did what all politicians have shown me that they do in the past. Once they get elected, all the things they promise to do, they 
won't do. They said they were going to repeal Obamacare. They didn't do it. They said they would not negotiate. They negotiated. Somebody had to be willing to play chicken to the end yep. and you know, to, to bring about change. And until that happens, man, this this ball is just going to keep on getting bigger and bigger and rolling down this hill to the point where you won't be able to stop it. You can call yourself going to play chicken, but it won't do nothing but crush you. So this Occupy movement, noble, but uh, not focused, and for the most part, they're just making noise. That's what it sounds like to me, man. T-Mont on the air with Pudgy, man. You can catch him on YouTube. Check out some of his clips. T-M-O-T-O-F-G-A. That's on YouTube. Check it out. Let me go to a caller, man, because I got a couple people buzzing on here. Go to a call out of the 571, baby. 433 is your last three. You're on the air with Pudgy and T-Mont. What's up? Oh, you should know it's me. What's up, Pete? <laughs> What's up, Sonny? How you? I'm good. I heard. I'm sitting here listening to the show, and I'm, like, yelling. Yeah, you know. So I was like, wait a minute. I could just call in and yell <laughs> online. Knock yourself <laughs> What are you yelling about, about anyway? What, what, what are you yelling hey, about? Hey, you know, I, this, it sounds like someone else is in my head. That someone else sees what I see, and it's like that wake up and that epiphany when you have someone that you've never met before, you don't know, you've never talked to, and they can see it just as clear as you can see it. And it's it's not you're not imagining it. You're not you know you're not in conspiracy theory world. There are people actually out there that see it when everything happens, when everything cracks, when everything breaks. We will be the first to go. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, thank you. I am not the only one. They are setting us up to go out into the streets. Like right now with this little Occupy Wall Street movement, it is mostly white kid, white college kids that are starting it. And they're going to try to get the blacks involved. You see it with Sharpton. You see it with all these progressives now coming out and trying to, what they did at um, at um, MLK's memorial, how they turned that into support wow. Occupy Wall Street. <clears throat> they're trying to get the blacks involved. Those college white kids are going to get slapped on the wrist. Our neighborhoods that are bad, that are falling apart, that are in decay, what happens every single time in our neighborhoods? We burn them down and we kill ourselves. And if we don't stop it, if we don't speak up and we don't stop it now, we're going to repeat history. We're going to repeat history all over again. Is I, have, I got a big problem with the whole premise in 2011, and, and you guys can elaborate, but I got a, I got a big problem with... Uh, with our folks getting arrested right now and and still thinking that uh that's the right way to go you know what i mean i once upon a time getting arrested for your calls was the move but now man i got to tell you man if you got anything on your record and jobs are already hard enough to come by if you got anything on your record you ain't got a chance in hell to get a job what what do you think well look here yeah. I have uh, talked about that and talked about that. See, one thing we got to understand is, see, Dr. Martin Luther King was arrested numerous times along with the other protesters. But what folks fail to realize, Dr. Martin Luther King 
was not arrested because he was doing something wrong. He was doing something morally right and opposing what was supposed to be legally just. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you see the difference? Mm-hmm. Most of us, we do something wrong. We wrong. Legally and morally. All right? And I've been trying to tell Negroes (laughs) for over 20 years. You know, they come at me about the white man. I say, let me tell you something. The races will always be here, so you need to stop focusing on that. That's not your biggest problem. Always. That's not. Okay. Yeah, you got to have the degree. You got to be twice as good. That's just the way it is right now, okay? That's just what you got to do. But the moment you get that felony conviction on you, hey, it's over. as a black man, you're through. You're done. done. Put a fork in you. And <laughs> and, and if, if you are able to survive and overcome it, which is what I had to do, it ain't going to be by nothing but by the grace of God because that is the only way I was able to overcome my issue. And I tell brothers all the time, if you want some of what I got, go on out there and get it. They got one they uh, got a card for you. Go on out there and get it. You'll <laughs> see what I'm talking about. You damn you, 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 you got to have a, 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 a college education now to even – Get started. And then on top of that, they want you to have experience. But if you got a felony conviction, see, there are more people out there who have not committed a felony that deserve that opportunity. And I know everybody say you deserve a second chance, but that's just, you know, that's just not how, how it works. If you're and, black. And, and, and wait, and, and what you, to offset what you're saying is the simple fact that. Yes, you do deserve a second chance, but that shouldn't discount the people who took the right role all along. Right. You know what exactly. I'm saying? You can't you can't punish the ones who took the right role because you think you deserve a second chance. There are consequences for your actions, and then because you say that, they call you heartless. But one thing I like to bring up was the whole the whole thing about being arrested, and this is something that that really needs to be brought out and and brought to the forefront about getting arrested. The government's only the only control that they have is the ability to turn you into a criminal. If you are not a criminal, if you are not doing anything of a, a criminal nature, there is nothing that the government can do to touch you. They can try, they can make your life miserable with audits and this, that, and the other, but in the end, it's really nothing that they can do to you to to affect you. But when you la- allow yourself to become a criminal or they set it up so perfectly so that most of us have no choice. If you think about even you're a criminal for getting a car ticket, you're, you know, of, of all the infractions that you can become criminalized for mm-hmm. when you owe something to the federal government, that is their job. Because the minute they can turn you into a criminal, they can then control you. They can then judge you. They then have power over you. So it is their main and and only weapon that they hold is to criminalize and to demonize and to turn everyday ordinary Americans who are libertarian-minded, most of us, who think just stay out of my house. 
Yep. You know, just stay out of my business and let me do me. They find a way into our lives by making us criminals in one form, fashion, or another. They come after you to try to criminalize you, to try to demonize you, because that is the way they get your DNA. They got your fingerprints. They got your eye scan. They got everything the moment you do something that breaks their laws and you are allowed to be put into their system. And they need to realize that all of these people now who are getting arrested and they're going in and they're giving up their fingerprints. They're giving, you know, they're giving, they're giving these things to a government that they complain is crooked and, and downright deceitful and downright bad. You're giving them all, you, all they need to do to track you for the rest of your life voluntarily. There's a young lady, um, a, a woman in Texas, who is fighting for a law whereby if you are arrested from the least of the violation to the greatest, they take your DNA and put it into a database. Now, yep. who do you think that's hurt the worst? Yep. Wow. Damn, she's and, fighting and for that. And that's the thing. <laughs> And it's going to be for any infraction. They're going to be able to say you had a broken tail light and bring you in. They're going to they're going to take every single infraction and they're going to turn you into a criminal because that is the only way the government has any power to control you. And the sad part is we walk into it. We come into it. We saying. Even when I was 16, 17, you knew it was wrong, you knew it was illegal, but you did it anyway. And and we walk into it knowing the circumstance, knowing the consequences, and then we want to cry about it. You can't cry about it when you walk into it knowing full out that it was the plan all along. And if we do not wake up, if we do not see that we are doing this to ourselves, it's not a white man, it's not a government, it's not a, any of that because... We can make the racist non mean nothing at all by owning our own stuff. Okay, you want to be racist, then let me go and spend at this store instead of your store. So we can solve that problem right away. That's not a big problem. If we showed up in mass to vote, we could solve the problem of our politics. Amen. So that's not a problem. The biggest problem is how do we stop killing ourselves? How do we stop slanging on the corner, losing ourselves to drug abuse, losing ourselves to gang violence, losing ourselves to hate and envy and deceit because somebody wants to kill you over your shoes? How do we stop ourselves from killing ourselves in abortion clinics? How do we stop ourselves from killing ourselves? That has to be the very first thing that we can come up with an answer to as a population because if not, we, we're going to be the ones who terminate ourselves. It won't be at the hands of anyone else but ourselves. Are, are we all crazy? <laughs> That's I, I, I got to ask the question, man. Are, are we all crazy or is, is this legitimate, man? Because you talk these things to folks, man, and they don't. It's almost like you talking Japanese. And 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 folks they'll look at you like they'll say yeah 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 uh-huh uh-huh you're right you're right you're right. But the minute you turn around like man I'm crazy man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I had and I I'm not going to monopolize, but I had this conversation today about my niece. And my niece is off the chain. Okay? My niece <laughs> is a senior 
in high school. She told the people at school, F them, she don't want to come back. So she got a couple, what, until June before she was supposed to graduate, and she's dropping out. She got girls in the hood looking for her, ready to bash her face in, and everybody's telling her, you need to get away. You need to go away. You know, we have family in another state. Go to this other state. Get registered in school. Finish your high school year. Graduate without these girls looking, to, you know, to to bring you down. Go and do something with your life and be productive, but she won't leave. And the problem is we love our block. We love our community. We love our friends. We love our family. We love we have accepted and come to 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 value what they have given us. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that there isn't value in it, you know, because I could never say that I would want to grow up any other way than the way that I grew up. So there is value in it. But the point is, do we value our lives more than the comfort level that we are presented with? Because when we're stuck in the hood, we don't care about tomorrow. We don't have to worry about being responsible. Like as a responsible adult and you have to pay your bills on time and you have to make sure the kids have everything that they need and you have to, you know, you have to plot, you have to plan, you have to save, you have to scrape, you have to sacrifice. When you are in your hood, you don't really have to do any of that. Life is is a little bit easier when you're not thinking about tomorrow and we stay in that comfort zone and we feel comfortable there. And when someone tries to convince us that there's something better, that there's something different, all we see is the added effort. All we see is the strain. All we see is that ain't as easy as what I'm doing now. Mm. And we give up on ourselves before we even give ourselves a chance. My advice is run. If you have somewhere to run to, run as fast as you can. Be scared. Be scared about it. Be apprehensive about it. Be afraid about it. But conquer it and run. Get away from what you know is going to bring you down and go and find that thing that's going to make you stand up. And then when you go home, go home and save the ones that are still there. Go home and tell them, run. Sonny, it sounds yeah, like um, no, 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 no. I, I, no I, <laughs> hey, man, I love the passion. You already know. You always welcome here to say what you want to say and when you want to say it. As long as you're talking like you do. <laughs> if you come talking yeah. any kind of way, I know you must got a gun to your head or something. Something going crazy. <laughs> but I kind of believe that you still talk the way you want to talk. If you had a gun to your head. <laughs> hey, if 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 that's the way God put it out, I'm sure He'll make it a splash. Listen, we asked a question just just a minute ago um, about two-parent households, and I, I don't know if you were on the air or if you were listening yet, but uh, the question that I put on Facebook and, and you know, that I asked some of the listeners that, is that and on the, in a hip-hop conservative blog, I asked, could two women or men raise a child more properly than a man and a woman? And, and I asked that from the heterosexual and the homosexual standpoint. What do you think about that? That's okay. Beyond the point, and this is where I'm, my mind is right now, that's not going to stop us from killing ourselves. <laughs> like, all this time is spent. They take our conversation. They take our, our 
We know what our problems are. We know that the black family has been destroyed. We know that that sense that we had of black power and we can do what we whatever we want. We're just as good as they are. All of that has been challenged now, and now we've been led down this road where this is the topic of conversation. And my whole thing is this is their conversation. I don't want this conversation. My mm. conversation is how do we how can we what can we do to bring the institute of marriage back to where it's supposed to be so that the picture of a two-parent home where there's a mother and there's a father is the one that people actually progress towards or see as a reward or go after as that passion or that thing in life that will make them complete because they've done such a good job of destroying the notion that it's good for us to be married. So, like, with the whole campaign, you remember in the 80s they did the single parent. It's okay to be a single parent. You got Whoopi Goldberg now every chance she getting. It's okay to be a single parent. So at the same time that they're telling us it's okay to be a single parent, they're pushing the idea of marriage between two homosexuals or two, two people of the same gender. Mm-hmm. So they have two conversations going on at the same time. But instead of us concentrating on the conversation that actually fits us, how do we get it back, you know? And I have my own issues on this subject, as you well know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The whole idea of marriage and, um, and, and, you know, not of two people who actually want the same things and work towards it. So how do we fix that? You know, and that's where I would rather have my attention on because once we fix that, then maybe you'll have more fathers in the house that'll keep their sons in the house, and then that way it leads to us stop killing ourselves. Maybe there'll be more fathers in the house who scrutinize the daughter, the um, men that their daughters date, so we stop going to the abortion clinics, and then we stop killing ourselves. So I think that once we can start working on our eternal problem, let them have their conversations. We can well, fight against them. No, I. <laughs> Do, well, here's but. something that here's something that has happened though, um, um, Sonny. Also, and, and this is why I asked the question to folks is because that's not even the conversation anymore. Whether you bring it up or not, we're faced with the accepting factor of of people accepting same sex marriage outside of heterosexual marriage at all, whether that be the black community or any community. So. My question yeah, still no, remains: Can you, can it happen? We've been people have been telling us now, and they're making it to they're bringing it to the forefront that yes, it can be done properly. So my question still stands: Is can it be done? We know what needs no, to take place. We know what needs to transpire, but can it be done? Because we're fighting something that says yes, it can be done, and it will happen. And they're equating this mess to civil rights, by the way. And 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 that's the but see here's the thing they're gonna keep on doing it they're gonna keep on doing it it's never gonna be a time where they're gonna stop and and that's the the whole point of what I was saying is that as we keep having these conversations as we keep going the idea of of what we look at as marriage is crumbling you know and we need to take it on in our own car like I'll, I'll put it to you like this majority of our culture is against homosexuality 
okay? Every single one of the the people who try to come out in the black community or whatever you call it, they not, they're not welcome with open arms, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't see it, and like I, like um, the, the, your, um, the guy you have on, like you said, I have a focus on the black community. So mm-hmm. I think that within the black community, that's not a specific issue that we are necessarily concerned about. Now, on the overall picture of it, like I said, I fight with you. You know where I stand on the issue. I'm against it. I don't think that two men can teach a little girl to be, you know, a, a, a female. You You can try, you know what I'm saying, but I don't think that you can. But is that going to solve anything under what I'm focused on? And and that's the issue of no, because mostly within the black community, you know, we, we have, you know, they came out with the skinny jeans. I think that we have basically berated them enough that you don't see as many little black boys running around in skinny jeans no more, do you? Yeah, I do, Sonny. I'm seeing I, 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 I'm in the northern D.C. area, and I have noticed that a lot of them have stopped where they're they're back to their pants hanging and they're not in them in them skinny jeans anymore. And I think that it comes because a lot of the radio stations and stuff around here was bashing it so hard that they stopped. We will correct ourselves given the chance. And and that's where I think that we are right now is most men want a woman who is their counterpart, a woman who is their 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 the yin to their yang, who understands them. And most women want that man that makes them feel secure, that man that makes them feel like they can take on the world because they have somebody in their corner that has their back in the end. Let me jump in there for a minute uh, mm-hmm. before you, because there are a couple of things that you said I just kind of want to respond to. Uh, first one, the pants issue. Now, I can't speak for where you are, but here in Atlanta, the sagging, uh, I, I see no end to it. And every opportunity that I get when I'm with my youngest child and even my older two when when we're out together, when I see somebody walking down the street, I say, look at that boy that wilding like a little monkey. Uh, <laughs> in front of his pants. It is absolutely sickening to me, and they have no clue where it comes from. But that's another point. So I just want to point out that it it it, it is not begun to subside here in Atlanta, Georgia. It is you know alive and, and popping. Now the, the the second thing I want to respond to, you said, uh, and I and I'm assuming that you were speaking of of black people. Most black men want and most black women want. I will submit that some do, but most don't. Because, see, my experience and what I see and what I observe in everyday life, and I see it in just little little things that most folks don't pick up on. Most black men don't want uh the yin to their yang. They're looking for another mama. Okay? Because many of them were raised by mama. I can't count the times one of these little thugs has gotten shot or killed on the streets and the mama is out yelling, my baby. Grown-ass men, my baby. 
mm-hmm. my baby. That is how they teach the. That is how they. they and I, I don't call it raise. I call it dragging up, being drugged up, because they certainly aren't raising them to be men because they didn't know what it was to have a man to begin with. And if mm-hmm. there's no man present, how is it that they know what it is to be a man? So most men don't even have a clue as to what to even look for in a woman. I did a video, 10 Reasons Not to Date a Black Man. Most fools simply look at the title and like they probably do with any trigonometry book, decide, oh, I don't want to learn about that, just based on the title. Hey, they put it down. Didn't even bother. Listen, I'm simply giving women advice of the character traits to avoid in an individual. And then somebody had the nerve to say, well, you're condemning those folks. You shouldn't do that. I say, dude, do you. If you want a woman that's got a half a dozen kids by ten different men, go for it. If you want a woman that can clearly grow common English language, go for what you know, brother. If you want a woman that's padded out all over her body, man, who you? I will not stand in the way. But I'm talking to the brother that's looking for that yin and yang uh, relationship that you spoke of. But, sweetheart, all I'm saying is, and I don't mean that, uh, I don't mean to be uh, chauvinistic with that term, uh, I don't think that that's what most black men are looking for because they don't know what to look for. The same thing with many black women, which is one of the reasons why I fought very hard to stay and not be taken out of the lives of my children because of my own choices so that I could raise them and teach them what a man is supposed to be. So you see, when my daughters run across one, they may still choose to get hooked up with one. But it won't be because they don't know what to expect and what to look for, because they know what a man who provides does. They know what he looks like. They know what a man who doesn't beat his his wife up looks like. Mm -hmm. They know what a man who makes sure that the lights stay on, they know what he looks like. They know what a man who ensures that if they get to screwing up at school, he's going to be up that junk on the spot, not cussing the teacher out, but putting a strap to their behind for acting (laughs) up. They know what he looks like. So most of them don't know, and this is where where we have got to get to, and I think that is our biggest problem. There aren't enough men in the household. I have a preacher friend who told me out of words out of his own mouth, I can't stand up. Derek can preach against illegitimacy because if most of the churches in the black community are made up of females. So if I start talking about illegitimacy, the, the, the mama going to get mad, the grandmama going to get mad, and the baby going to feel bad, and then I'm going to lose them in the church. And you know how it is, brother. You know, yep. we need those people to keep the church building going. Yep. So this is the state of affairs with black folk. 619-638-8559. We're on the air with T-Mon and Sonny Johnson, man. You guys know a conservative celebrity throughout the world. Everybody knows Sonny, man. Y'all know who she is. You can check her out on Sarah Palin's film, Undefeated. You can also check out... In Steve Bannon, look, she's all over the place, man. Look her up on Facebook. You can look her up on Twitter, where she spends most of her time anymore. 
at Sonny Johnson. And you can also catch T-Mon on Twitter, man, at T-M-O-T-O-F-G-A, man. And also, if you want to catch us on Twitter, at Symbol NC Pudgy is me, like I always say. And I know everybody out there saying it with me. Don't be surprised on what the hell he might say, because I'm going to say what's on my mind. And also find the show at Symbol KRP Radio Show. We got to take a break, folks, but I come back. Sonny, I want you to hang with us, because I got a question, and I definitely need the female perspective, if you don't mind. So I want to keep you on the air for a second. Do you mind? Always the UP. All right, well, check it. We got to go to commercial because, you know, we got got some people who pay for this little bit of time that they pay for and a uh, little couple of dollars that they throw at us. So, we, you know, we want to play their commercials if, if we can help it. Um, you're on the air with T-Mont, Sonny Johnson, and Pudgy, man, doing what we do. We are warfare, and Jesus Christ is looking for warriors that are willing to fight. We need to leverage our political power and our political interests in both parties. We have the opportunity to talk about how our values work, because when they're put in place, when we govern according to those values, they work. If anybody is going to take on Mr. Barack Obama, it's going to be black conservatives. When you push in abortion upon a population, you ask yourself, who's pushing it? Democrats cannot win without the black vote. The Jesse Jackson era is over. Conservatism is neither white nor black. It's what's right. It's what's good. Our community is everyone. This is a kingdom of God movement. When I was in inner city, pastoring, what I saw was the Democratic Party making inner city at that time a social wasteland. Maybe it's you who needs to decide that you want something different and stop waiting for a politician to hand that to you. We are serious about the mission that we have for the Frederick Douglass Foundation, and we stand on three basic pillars, and we don't apologize for it, but we are devoted Christians, first and foremost. We are proud black Americans and active Republicans. There are two issues that are facing our nation today that we don't uh, allow anybody, if they want to get our support, you are pro-life and you believe marriage is composed of one man and one woman at one time. We may not be the organization for you, and that's okay. We're not changing who we are. <laughs> they won't mention that the vice chair, when I tell a lot of people this, even, even Republicans, they say, wow, we didn't know that. They didn't know that the vice chair of the North Carolina Republican Party is a black man named Dr. Timothy Johnson. Timothy Johnson is also the national cha- chairman and founder of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. They don't mention that the KKK was a terrorist arm of the Democratic Party. They just talk about what they did to blacks, but they fail to mention, they forget that one little detail. And they, and the other thing they won't tell you is that from 1929 to 1974, North Carolina had a eugenics board, and they passed the Sterilization Act, which they forcibly sterilized 7,600 people, some of them as young as eight years old. They don't mention that Democrats were doing that.
you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. K-I-R-P. We back, folks. Know you guys are uh, a lot of people out there missing the NFL and what's going on in the NFL right now because you're rocking with the KRP radio show, so you know it's time for the scores. NFL scores and highlights brought to you by SoundTrue.com. Right now, Indianapolis are getting they whoop. They're getting their tail whoop. And New Orleans 21, Indianapolis 0. Also, Cleveland just squeaked by Seattle 6 to 3. Cleveland with the W on today. And the ATL, shout out to T-Mon and the ATL. They got a W today. Falcons 23, Detroit Lions 16. It's the second week, Detroit with the L. I don't know. Was it a fluke or was it real? We'll find out. Houston 41, Tennessee 7 as they beat down the Titans. Denver 18 as Tim um, Tebow get the start for the day. Miami 15. I mean, they ain't beat nobody, but so, you know, it's all love. But New York Giants comes back in the fourth quarter to beat San Diego. 15 unanswered points in the, in the, in the second half as New York Giants prevail. Man, they held it down to the last minute. Chicago 24 as Peppers had a big day. Tampa Bay 18. Carolina, baby. Carolina 33. Washington Redskins 20. We put the stomp down. Sorry for all you uh, folks out there at WMMG, KRP Radio, every Wednesday night in Washington, D.C. Big shout-out to you, but your scans took an L to the Carolina Panthers, and this the home team. Oakland 0 as their Al Davis uh, uh Whatever you want to call it, Al Davis motivation is runs out today. Kansas City put the beat down as they shut them out 28-0. Pittsburgh 32, Arizona 20, no shock there. The Dallas Cowgirl, I mean Cowboys, 34, St. Louis 7. Green Bay beat up on Minnesota. It was a great game, man. It was a shootout, 33-27. The Monday night game will be Baltimore and Jacksonville. And this sports moment was brought to you by... Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, 
scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for Sound Chew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. The number one online music tournament. Back on the air, man. Got Sonny Johnson on the air with me, rocking with me. Got my man T-Mon of Georgia. You know, we talking about some stuff that a lot of people don't feel good about talking about or they don't like talking about out loud or, you know, a lot of things that people that we talk about on this show on a regular basis, uh, people just don't share. They don't like to talk about it because it offends people. It's offensive. You know what I mean? It is offensive, but the thing about it, it's reality. It needs to be talked through. It needs to be talked about. So when you come across a situation like that, you won't be so shocked. Like, oh, oh my God, that's not happening, you know, in America. But, you know, a lot of this stuff is happening, man. And, and what I ask is that folks open their eyes to the things that are going on around them so they know how to address them, so they'll know exactly how to deal with the situation when it is at hand, and, and, and for the most part, how to deal with it with your children, how to teach your children accordingly when they face some of these things that we're talking about on the show. Um, got a question for you guys on the air, and uh, this might get kind of interesting, but like like I told you, Sonny, I needed you on the air so I could share this, uh, so I could get your point of view on it. Does society look at men with multiple children different than they do women with multiple children by multiple partners? Uh, <laughs> yes. Look, all right, I'm gonna, I want to put this out there because I want to give a shout-out. And this kind of goes back to uh, T-Mont and what he said about most men not knowing. I'm going to give a shout-out to my men because um, a lot of them where you can say that it is true in some cases. What I'm coming to learn about the character of these men is is something a little different. And I want to point it out by 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 singling out J. Cole. So since you're down in the Carolinas, he, he's from down there in the Carolina, and he just put out an mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. He got a song on there called, called Lost Ones. And it, it talks about... Um, about the situation a lot of men and women find themselves in about an unexpected pregnancy. And I'll just leave it at that. But you should definitely check it out. It's on his album, um, The Sideline, J. Cole, The Sideline, and it's called Lost Ones. So definitely check that song out. But what it's starting to show is this shift in artists being unafraid to come out and um, define what they, even though they grew up without fathers, to define for themselves what it means to be a man. And you're seeing it now with, the like, the limelight you're getting when you have a married uh, celebrity couple like uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce. And they're married, and they're getting ready to have a baby. And, like, everybody's so happy and expected for, for them and for from them. The whole thing is that we are... The, we are a generation removed from the initial uh, decomposition of the black family. You know, our generation came in towards the end where the after effects had, had, had been highlighted. Our generation was the one that grew up 
hearing about uh the not even not just hearing about a single parent home but actually having to live in it and having to grow up in it. And I don't think we're giving enough credit for not only realizing that it was harder and that it that life shouldn't have been that way, but that we can be different. So while there is a, a segment of the population who is stuck in dependency, there is a segment of the population who is stuck in mama mode as as sort of as he said there's also a segment that are 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 starting to um to connect social economics with early pregnancy and having uh, having a family early and there's also artists and people of of high stat of a high stature that are not only putting their money where their mouth is in terms of putting it into their arts and crafts i would say that about Tyler Perry as like being one of those as well as, like I said, J. Cole, but we are self-correcting. We're finding our own voice to tell ourselves what is wrong, and for that I think that we should be given credit. So to put that out there, but the fact is if you have a father that takes care of his kids, then whether they're multiple mothers or not, he's still looked at as a a good father. And I think in the same instance, it's a whole bunch of black mothers that might find themselves in a position where they have multiple kids by multiple people, but they work three jobs, you know what I'm saying? They do what they have to do to, um, to dot their I's and cross their T's. But what I will say is that black women are given more respect for the sacrifices they make then black men are given respect for the sacrifices that some of them make because a lot of them make sacrifices and just because maybe they can't give you the earth the moon and the sun some people aren't satisfied with the football games and the soccer games and you know showing up to get a butt whipping because you messing up in school some mm-hmm. people aren't satisfied with that and so a man that might can't give you as many material things but can give you that that love that time that face time he isn't given the same appreciation as say a mother that will be willing to do the same thing Hmm. Interesting. Very, very, very interesting. T Mont, what do you think, brother? Well, um <clears throat> I uh, always tell folks people say, Why you always talk about the bad things that black people do? <laughs> um I talk about the bad things that black people do so that they can stop doing them. Mm-hmm. Uh Many of them do it because they don't know that it's the bad thing, that it's a bad thing that they're doing. Therefore, they have to be told that it's a bad thing. They have to be told that they have a bullet in their brain and they're bleeding to death. Uh, Else they'll continue to, you know, run around like a chicken with a head cut off until they self-destruct. Somebody has to be willing to stand up and tell them, even if it means they might get Pelted with rocks and sticks and stones, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. And they say, well, why don't you talk about all the good things that black people do? And 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 this is where the rubber meets the road. I don't have to talk about folk that are doing what they're supposed to do. Number one, because there is no reward in doing what you're supposed to do. Just doing it should be reward enough. So when folk 
tell me, man, I, I really got to applaud you, T-Mot. Man, you, you're such a good father, man. I need to pat you on the back. Don't pat me on the back for doing what I'm supposed to do. See, the attitude has changed. Well, I take care of my children. What, you want a cuckoo? That ain't nothing for <laughs> Who's supposed to do that? So, no, I don't go around talking about all the brothers who have seen the light and also all of a sudden doing what they're supposed to do. That's what they're supposed to do. It's expected as far as I'm concerned. So you ain't done nothing extra. They are more than enough that are out here that are not doing it that is creating all of this turmoil in the black community. A 20-year-old man walking to his home, left his ID and couldn't get into this little sports bar, not too far from where I live, walking home in a car with tinted windows, rolled by, and bullets went to flying, left that young man dead. Wow. And and while that was as, was said, this is one of the few instances where it wasn't some single mom standing up crying, my baby, but there was a man, and you could see the anger in his face. Wasn't talking about my baby got killed, was talking about these people who did this need to be brought to justice. He was angry at the way his son was killed. But he wasn't screaming about my baby because he knew he had put in his child what needed to be put there, and he was there and he was present. But that mm-hmm. is not what you see in many of these situations. You see some lone, single woman standing up crying, yelling about my baby. Now, folks get mad and say, why are you always talking about the women? I, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I talk <laughs> about the Okay? I talk yeah. about the bum too. And, you know, I tell women, if you meet a man and he has more than one child by multiple women, do not engage him under any circumstances. Mm. But wait a minute. If he didn't find those children, and, and, and here's the kicker, and was never married to the woman, there might be an exception or a path if there was a divorce, but that, the, the circumstances have to be very compelling. But if he was never married to the woman and he's got multiple children by multiple women, I tell women you need to dip because he will regard your children like he regards those other two, not worthy of giving them their his name. And see, that's what folk don't see. See, that's something deeper working with this thing and illegitimate children. And folk get mad with me when I say this, but I call them bastard children. Why are they bastard children? Because they have no legal inheritance of uh, legal inheritance claim to their father's estate. Not that they have much to give, but that's what the term of bastard child means. And our neighbor our neighborhoods, our communities mm-hmm. are overrun with them. Fathers dropping their seed in women that they don't give a damn about and they give even less of a damn about the children that they leave behind. And then the women, if I looked at a woman and she told me I'm dating a guy and he's got three kids by two other women, the only thing I do is shake my head and walk away. You buy this this sharp as a sack of wet light. (laughs) Whoa. So that's how I feel about that. 
And everybody said, but don't everybody deserve a second chance? Yeah, let them have that second chance with another loser. Or better yet, when I see them trying to fix what they messed up, then maybe we can talk. But I don't care what nobody tell you. Being there with your children, there is no replacement for it. There is no substitution. And if men don't value their children enough to raise them, in my book, they're a sorry-ass man. And I got, I have, I have no, I have no disagreement on that one because I I said that a long time ago when I was a teenager that I would never, ever, ever date a man that did not, even if he had kids, if he wasn't like, you know, I can't take you out on Saturday because I got my little man or, you know what I'm saying, I'm taking my, I got to go to my daughter's, you know, recital, her ballerina recital on Saturday, if he wasn't telling me and showing me that he was active in his kid's life, then that wouldn't have been a guy that I would have dated. And I and I made that up in my mind when I was a teenager. Even if I had ran across, you know what I'm saying, a guy with kids, that he had to be active. You know what I'm saying? He had to be active. And any man who, I don't care what you can do financially, even though you do need to be supporting your kids financially. But even if the finances ain't right, the economy is bad, you know what I'm saying? I, I get all that. Even if you not if you use it and not taking that time to be a part of your kid's life, then I agree. I agree totally. You are a piece of you can fill in the blank. I ain't gonna say that I, on the radio. I, I think it's impossible though, frankly. And um and, and the reason I say that is because I have five children, one outside of my household, five. Take care of every one of them too, by the way. And uh, I don't mean we get summers, you get holidays, but between his mother and their agenda on a daily basis, and and, and the extracurricular things, and between my family and our agenda and the extracurricular things, there is not enough time. And I put time in. Wish I could put more in. So I know for a fact, man, I, I you know, I feel guilty because I say to myself, man, I wish I had more time to do this. I wish I could do that. But if you are being supportive, that means you got to hold a job. And that means holding that job, you got to be away from the house sometimes. And then you got to be at home taking care of the kids that's in the house. So now you got to make arrangements to travel or prepare some travel if you ain't got no money and, and to go pick up your other child. So I look at it like this now. If I had one in the household, those things wouldn't change. And three more outside of the household, it is impossible. And try to add dating in there with that, you cannot yeah. properly take. I'm saying, it, it, this is real life. You can't properly take care of those kids outside of your household when you have multiple. So the thing is, from the, from Jump Street, why put yourself in that situation? And so many people do put themselves in that situation. You know what I mean? Now if the if the kids are off, they're grown and they're doing their own thing, that's a whole nother ball game. That's a whole nother ball game. But if you got kids that are in your household that are under your care, minor children, it's no way possible, man, you can have a dating life and take care of multiple kids outside of your house and possibly one that's inside your house. It ain't possible. I don't think it's right. I don't I don't think it can be done. Not properly anyway. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I just don't think it can properly be done. So I don't see why a lot of people put themselves in that situation. And women, 
women get the bad rap off Jump Street. And sometimes, most of the times, rightfully so. But to me, it goes back to their household. How you were raised and who you were raised by. Yep. Well, right. that's in 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 that case, right? Because I was raised in a single mother household where it wasn't my biological mother, and I was raised amongst other siblings who um weren't related, you know, by blood. They weren't my brothers and sisters by blood, but we grew up in every sense of the word as as being brothers and sisters. And my father made the effort to be a part of my life. So even though I wasn't living with him, I have vivid memories of my father from when I was three, on up, all through. And he has, the only thing I would say about that is that when you don't give, you do a huge disservice to your children if you don't keep them together for them to know their siblings. And that's one thing that in my family life that I regretted most of all about the way that I was raised because I was raised with a brother and a sister who wasn't blood-related to me. Mm-hmm. And all of my blood-related brothers and sisters, I didn't know anything about until I got up into my teenage years. You know, so like my oldest brother, my oldest sister, I didn't know them at all. And... um. And now, even now, we're still trying to forge relationships now where we're trying to get used to each other, where we're we're trying to call each other on a weekly basis and trying to just check in. Mm -hmm. So that's another part of it that's a huge disservice when you have that, that family and you don't keep it together and it's not structurally sound, is that the siblings don't have the opportunity to grow up together and be cohesive and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of have each other's back and be that support system that families are supposed to be because even if we have numbers, we don't have the structure. And the main thing that we had as a black community was the family, which means if JoJo lost his job, then the other families didn't mind pitching in to take care of that family until he got another one. That that was how we worked. We didn't need the government because we were each other's support system. Mm-hmm. When you don't even have that support system in your family unit, like you with your siblings, then how can you have it at a community level? Even talking about having it at a federal level, how well, can you, you have it, it at a community level? Because you, I mean, because that's the only way we can. That's the answer. The answer is when we care so much, we when we care about other people's kids as much as we care about our own kids. So we're not just mad that our son is laying in the street, God forbid, or our daughter is laying in the street, God forbid. But when we get that same amount of anger because the lady down the street's son, you know, that that you can just walk away and shrug your shoulders because it didn't hit your house this time. Mm-hmm. We feel every single sting like it happened in our house because we don't look at just our house. We look at our community as a whole. That's the answer. And if we can't get back to that, if we can't even get back to a cohesion under each roof where each family is cohesive under one roof, how are we going to 
heal a community? How are we going to save ourselves if we can't even stand our family? Or we don't even know our family to know if we can stand them or not. So to me, that's that's the answer right there. If we can't even bring ourselves to a point where we like each other and then develop a love for each other that then stems into a two-parent home, a mother, a father, children, brothers and sisters that grow up together fighting and bickering and having each other's back and knowing what it's like to have a cohesive unit then we're lost. But I will say for my generation is that we, I think that we're starting to notice it. And I think that not only are we starting to notice it, but we're starting to impel it on our kids. And it's not all of us. So I'm not trying to blanket it all that we're all doing it right. Yeah, but, a few of us for sure. Yes, you see our conversations are starting to change. You know, no matter what the media does, like I said, Tyler Perry was the highest grossing man in Hollywood last year. Now, no one wants to talk about it. No one gives him any credit for it. No one gives him, you know, any 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 recognition for it. But all of his stories are about women who have decided to be chaste and men who come along and respect their chastity. And then the marriage occurs. And and you see the hardship. You see the, the healing that you have to do from your past. You see all of these things. And these are the movies that we're going to see. These are the ones that we, you know, we buy and we actually contribute our money, our hard-earned money to. We are starting to see it. We know what the answer is. So it's just going to take people like us to keep on talking on it and keep on speaking on it and not to just, not to say that we can't, point out the things that are in the black community that are wrong because we definitely need to point. I'm 100% for that. I'll, like you said, I'm equal opportunity when it comes to that as well. But in the same instance, we can't be so quick to say that this is wrong, that is wrong, this is wrong, but offer no examples of what the other side looks like or to give no credit to the ones who are actually um not only living the right life because it's the thing to do, but also have had the courage to stand up and say it publicly and take the hits and take the shots and take the arrows of of saying that I'm a black conservative, this is what I believe in. Mm-hmm. Let me let me jump in there. Uh and and and, and here here here's the thing, one two points. I'll do Tyler Perry last. But you said and not give those okay. credit. What that? Why do why do we need to give somebody credit because they take care of their own children? Answer that. No, I'm not. I'm not talking. See, that's the thing. I wasn't talking about giving you credit for taking care of your kids, and that's what I said. I said to give the people credit who are being boisterous about it, the ones who are going out and being loud about it, who are taking the criticism and the slings and arrows about. Noticing the things that are wrong, but choosing to highlight how we can change it. Those are the ones who are like P and like me and like Kev, who have this new uh, our point of view, and we want to get it out, and we get attacked and brutalized for doing it. And so in that same instance, I would like to point out the people who are taking this stand, who are saying that this is the way that you um this is the way that we change things. This is the way that we fix things because we have to be a unit for ourselves. 
and this is something that me, um, P, and Kev are doing, is that we have to be the ones that support us because none of us could take as much hate and as much vile name-calling as we have gotten without being able to call the other one and, and, and talk about it and vent about it. But mm. the whole thing is, if you don't open that system up and welcome people in, then the people who are in the silent, who are silently agreeing with you, then those people never speak up. And if you don't get a mass number of people speaking up, then a problem never gets solved. And you're okay. not going to get those people to step up without having okay. a support group in place for them. I got you. I, I agree. I, I, I concur with that. I misunderstood what you were saying. Okay, so now let me move on to the other point you, you brought up. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is no beacon of hope uh, amongst the black community. He's a closet homosexual. Uh, what he portrays in his movies are everything but family oriented. A boy. A, it is the, he, he portrays a cross-dressing man who carries on like the stereotypical strong black woman persona that. We are plagued with loud, uh, the, the matriarch ruling the household. He represents everything that is anti-family, and most folk can't see it because they want to give Tyler Perry his props because he makes some money. Okay, let me, hold up. <laughs> let me, see, this is the thing. You're not giving... That's, that's assuming that you're not giving us credit enough to understand. We don't want to be the Tyler Perry in the movie. The Tyler Perry of the movie is not the character that we aspire to be, nor is it the one that we model ourselves after. We don't want to be Medea. We want to, Medea is put in, that's the woman he dresses as. She is put in as a character, yes. Hold on, hold on. To laugh at to laugh at, to have fun with, and to pull the movie along. That is what Medea is put in there for. Nobody aspires to be Medea. The underlying arc of the story is always separate from Medea. It is always a broken family which where secrets have to come out or, you know what I'm saying? And I understand what you're saying and the idea of, of him in the dress. That was a character that he created. And I'm not going to uh, uh, brand him for creating a character that he, made he him. Himself. He, he brands himself by creating that character. I, I don't. Yes, I, I feel the and, same and, way. He and, brands himself. And that. in 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 creating that character, he created what he needed to have a platform. And and as we speak now, his platform is a hundred times huger than our platform. And he's and doing what with it. And he's doing what with it, though. What, what is he not doing? Stamps, at least one character. They no, might that, have a watch. The, obvious. No, I no, mean, no. 
They don't. They don't start off. They don't start off on food stamps. They start off in broken situations. But even that, if that's the case, they're never turned to government. They're never turned over or abandoned. What they are are they're taken in, and as most families do, they're broken down to their most. That's the thing about going home to family when you're broken. When you're who broken, family in all of the episodes, the matriarch of the family, the woman, okay, and that is the detriment of the black community. We got men constantly looking to women to save their sorry asses when they need to get up and start being men, and women need to start. Stepping aside so that men can be men. And women need to start only getting with men and not bums. And as long as Tyler Perry portrays the image that it is the woman who comes to the rescue and saves the family and pulls everything, that ain't helping us. I see a thousand Tyler Perry uh, uh, characters. You know what? What the point is? And, and day out basis, every time I go into the community or, or different churches, you see these matriarchal type situations where the woman is the head of the household for whatever reason, and none of the reasons are good reasons. That has to stop. And Tyler Perry okay, ain't doing well, that. No, 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 no. I will. Let me, let me, let me give you, let me give you point. I give you point on the fact of a man being the head of a household. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you point that in a lot of ways men have to stand up and and take their place. Like I remember that being said in a Tyler Perry movie, but since y'all don't watch him, you can't say that you know that he actually said that. That's the point that he actually made in the movie that the men are the head of the household and they must stand up and take their place. So he actually had that in the movie, but I digress. The whole point of it is that right now, that is the structure. The structure is the matriarch. Medea is the matriarch. And like I said, we do not aspire to be Medea. Nobody wants to be like her. That is the point. The point is in the underlying story when you have in all of the situations where there is a man and a woman and they're in a relationship, you see the man taking charge. You see the man as the one that's in control. You see the man as the one that comes in and heals the woman. It is not It is not that Medea heals anyone. It is the man that comes in and heals the woman in Tyler Perry's movies. After Tyler Perry says this is what needs to happen as Medea. No. Look, I, no, I watched enough Medea movies to know, to uh, to understand mm-hmm. what happens. And normally in every movie, and, 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 and rightfully so because it's about Medea. You know, the movie's about Medea. So I get that. So that she has to come to the rescue. So she is drives the story. Yeah, she drives That's the man, fixing your household, and the man. That, look, here, here's my problem with Tyler Perry, right? I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. I'm sick of buffoonery in movies. We always talk about how Hollywood portrays these negative aspects of black people. Tyler Perry comes along, portrays another negative buffoonery 
dancing there, dancing with the blackface buffoonery type movie, and just because he make a couple dollars, everybody goes, we need to aspire to be Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry ain't doing a damn thing for nobody but getting paid. Hey, what what is, is he doing that that's relevant is. that make me say I need to be more like Tyler Perry other than write a damn movie? Wow. Nothing. Nothing. Wow. All you got to do is put it out there. What is he doing, Sonny? He's doing nothing. Wow. He's doing do nothing more than people, what we're doing. Do you know how many people this man employs? I could care less how many people he employ. Hell, GM employ a lot of people. What is he doing for the black community for the positive? All right. Oh, my goodness. Okay, what is he? (laughs) My argument towards Tyler Perry would be. Okay, because we, you know, we could go on and on about that cat. Bottom line, you know, we we were, we, you know, we were talking about some of the serious issues in the black community, and, and if I might throw something in there, black voting habits, if, if you know, the kind of change stuff called, we, we, you know, we ain't going to win that argument, bro, about Tyler Perry. I, that dude got most women locked, stock, and barrel, and that's just that. So, <laughs> And most men can only see Medea and won't look at the underlying story of what it's about. Man, Tom, so, Sonny, you know you know me, right? And and I I all I always I absolutely always try to find the positive in things that people do, and I would like to invite any of those people to the show no matter how negative they come across. But I have looked, I've searched, I've seen some scholarship funds that the man do. I understand he opened his own studio. He's booming, and a lot of people aspire to be the writer Tyler Perry, but I cannot see any stances that he's taken, and, and I'll, I'll leave it at that because I, I understand where no, you're coming from. It'll but I can't bring see it, It'll bring up what he says about the voting habits. That's my beef. My beef is that you have this self-sufficient message that runs through most of your movies, and yet you go out and you rep a political party that pushes dependency. So that is my huge beef. Where even though I will sit here and fight with you over over <laughs> Tyler Perry movies because <laughs> I am a female and I love my Tyler Perry movies. Bingo! There we go. You're not gonna you're not gonna take that from me. But no, I want to. I want to take it from you, but I but can't in see. in the you. same instance. Given the chance for me to debate Tyler Perry, I would tear him a new backside with his hypocrisy. Now, I wouldn't be talking about, oh, you, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, because he employed people. He opened his own studio. He he did the things that we want most blacks to aspire to do. Do I, am I saying imitate Tyler Perry? No. But I'm saying get your grind on like Tyler Perry? Yes. But No doubt. He 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 employs a lot of people. He tried to go to Hollywood, but he has a very God message. Always God is in every movie that he makes. So he was not accepted in Hollywood. So he went and started his own studio in Atlanta. He employs numerous amount of people. He's other people are eating because he eats. Uh, and ma'am, and that know, is that is something that we need to do for ourselves is is to make ourselves into a place where we can not only feed ourselves, but we can help feed others. I agree. That's, I definitely agree with that. Right. You know, New Birth, New Churches, New Birth feeds people, New Birth employs people, but up there playing hanky-panky with the boys in the church. <laughs> oh, God, you know, uh-oh. So, you know, let's not, let, let, let's not go there. We were going to talk about 
you know, blacks and, and, and voting habits. Because just because Tyler Perry gives a few people a job, don't don't make him the Messiah. Just because he mentioned God in his movies, don't make him righteous. A lot of folk talk about God. They've been using God to get over and flim flam folk for hundreds of years. I just preached today about the, 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 the vine dressers and their wickedness and that one day they will pay for it. So just because people use God, just because they may give some folks some jobs and put some food on their table, don't mean that they're doing what's best for their community. And his cross-dressing, domineering female role that he portrays that you can actually see in many households today only furthers to encourage that type of nonsensical behavior. And No, I'm sorry. I disagree because yet again, you are not giving us credit for being able to decipher the, the people who are Tyler Perry fans. You're not giving us the uh the intelligence to say that we can decipher between we don't understand what what Tyler Perry is or what the character of Medea is. You're acting like we can't use our own intelligence to understand that she is crazy. She alone. I have never stood in the line and told somebody don't go see a Tyler Perry movie. I have never tried it. No, what you're saying. Do you? If that's where you want to go spend your, hey, go right ahead. I will never I stand in front. I'm talking about what I feel about Tyler Perry and his message. This is just me, honey. I ain't talking about what nobody else do now. Well, hang on. Check this out. 619-638-8559, man. www.krpradioshow.com. We're going to talk about voter rights here in just a second, but we got a bunch of callers here, and I, I got to get some people on. Um, under the 919 is the last three, you're on the air with Pudgy. What's up? Hey, this is Kelly. Hey, hey, Kelly, Kelly Smoke. What's up, baby? I just had to say I'm a woman who agrees wholeheartedly with y'all about Tyler Perry. Oh, God. Uh, a cross-dressing man that is acting like a woman. And sadly, Sonny, I do hear people aspiring to be Medea. Tyler Perry even said it. Y'all black. He said it. I remember I, I saw one of his first plays when you could actually still go see it for about $15. Mm-hmm. That everybody got an aunt like Medea, so he's saying that that character touches every black family because everybody has a Medea in their family, and I I, I disagree. Hey, and I and yes, and Facebook. I believe, I'm sorry, I believe everyone does have a Medea in their family, but you know who that Medea is? That Medea mm-hmm. is the old woman that lives alone with her brother. <laughs> And you know she she's loud, she's abrasive. Everybody cringes when she comes around. So even though we we have her in our family, she is not the one that we want to be like. We don't want to be old and be like her. Well, but I'm thinking do we my laugh grandmother was a biological woman who was saved <laughs> and went home to be with the Lord. But I want to say this and bring this point because I know you have callers to get to, but. I will tell you this, and I and I see this as what's going on in, in black homes. A minister at my church once said, the reason things are so out of order is because the women are telling the men what to do and the children are telling the women what to do, and I see it every day. And I just wanted to bring that point to the forefront. Mm-hmm. It's happening. These kids are rewarding these women. 
See, in this conversation, it comes in this conversation, it comes off as seeming like in my like in my household, I understand the fact of a man being a man. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I and I submit to that. Mm-hmm. I have no problem saying that. I submit to that. Really, I don't. But in the same instance, like you can't you can't say that we can't decipher the difference about what we want our life to be and a character we see. Now, even though we can look at that character and we can take out the things that that character imbues and embarks on us that we accept, in the end, it ain't too many people that actually want to live like Medea. All of us want to be that underlying character, is at least the ones who are broken, that can that can find somewhere to go where someone will tell you the truth, where someone will will not let you come across with excuses, and then will let you to go out and find your own path and your own way when you've healed. And and I think that that is the part of it. It's not who's the matriarch. It doesn't matter whether it's the man or whether it's a woman. Well, it's a point of hates women. I mean, to me, every trick <laughs> in these movies is broke down. Somebody that some man has done abused and ran over, and then he got yes. some, I say, light skinned dime coming into the world. I mean, to me, that shows that he hates women because the only strong female character to me in his movies is him, and he's a man. My goodness, and and, ex- and exactly, and that's and that's exactly, and that's exactly the point, especially as being, and and the only reason I can say this is because it's testimony. And I'm not I'm not trying to say it out of relativism or anything oh, like that. It's my right. personal testimony. Mm-hmm. Is that I was that I was that broken woman. You know what I'm saying? I was that broken, scarred woman. And it took me having to go home to my family and having them to point out the things that I refused to see in myself before I was willing to make that change. Huh? Did a dime come save you? Yes, he did. Because a dime pointed out, a dime, a man has to come save these women. No, I mean, even the movie that Angela Bassett was in, if it hadn't been for Rick Fox and his light skin and his pretty hair, I I don't know if she would have ever got her son in school. But but see that's the point though. When when you have the man in the house, then you can have that influence. So I mean, is that not proving the point that the man needs to be there, whether he's light skinned or not? And believe it, women, God makes a man for you. If you have healed yourself to receive Him, He will make a man that is meant just for you. And the whole problem is a lot of us don't heal. We don't understand the concept of healing. So we walk around with it. And we and that's where that whole angry, bitter woman that Medea is comes from. That that, that woman that has held everything inside. I don't want I don't want a man to come in with an S on his chest. You know what I'm saying? To me, a woman has to look at being whole herself, you know. Herself. And, yes, but a lot yeah, of times you notice in his movies the woman don't get whole. The the man is is her therapist, and I'm thinking, I, where are these brothers at who are doing all this for chicks? I, I don't know. For all the brothers out there, the Savior six one nine six three eight eight five five nine, come through, man. Because I'll say this, I'll say this from a, from a, from a male perspective. 
I'll say this, right? Men are, a man will only do, in real life, I ain't talking about a damn movie, pardon my language. A man will only do what he's allowed to do when it comes in terms to a relationship. And that goes for the positives and the negatives. Now, when you come into a relationship with someone, if you got a very strong-minded woman and you fall in love with that woman, most men, I say most now, most men will accept that and just go on with the flow and then complain about it later. But for what I'm seeing portrayed is that these men are coming here that's already made, already ready to go, and they're going to grab, they swoop that woman off her feet, and then Medea comes along and says, you know what, that's the man for you. And then they sweep that woman off their feet and they live happily ever after. And to me, that just that's a false portrayal of life. And a lot of people look at movies now. I mean, even Tupac admitted this. Yeah, Juice kind of messed me up a little bit. I kind of felt like I was the, the character on Juice. Listen, a lot of people look at movies and they see themselves as a character in that movie. And that's how they relate to it. So they take their time. And the rest of their life, they're looking for what did that movie showing them, and they never look at that guy who just comes along and maybe help you along the way, or maybe can't help you along the way. Maybe he's just a compassionate person or the being that you needed or the male figure that you needed in your life that's going to show you a good time, hell, take you to the movies. He might not good, got good common sense, but he work hard and he take care of the kids. I don't know. But those all together, whole, ready-to-go, wholesome brothers that's making 30, 40, 50 million or, hell, that's making 15 to 20 in today's terms aren't really realistic all the time. Nope. And it's well, I I will say that some exist. So I, yes, I won't, yes, some definitely I won't, exist now, no doubt about that. Some exist, but definitely that. that's not the whole thing. I think that's missed is that the guy, if if the girl isn't open to saving herself, which in the movies most other people are open to saving themselves. If the female is isn't open not to saving herself, tell them that they need to be saved. It doesn't, but, and, and, and why are we acting like as women that we don't need that from men? And not to say that, 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 that it's a necessity and that we are not whole if we don't have it, but as the, as the head of the household or as the one in charge, it is for, no man can make me feel like my man makes me feel. You know what I'm saying? So what is wrong with having that connection to a person where that connection is so strong that you want to change, that you want you to heal. But some, every woman, hey, listen, you know, hey, for me, I know a lot more women with that stuff together. Let, huh? let me get for a second, right, because, you know, we, uh, all right, this, this thing about relationships, saving, this and that, there's a simple piece of advice that I give folks. And I tell them, I'm not a tow truck. So I'm not looking for a woman I got to save. Go find Jesus. Let him save you. If I'm happy and got myself together, when I meet you, I want you to be happy and have yourself together. That way when we get together, we'll just be one big happy. But if you lacking the strength that I have, you're simply going to draw on it because I got to tow you. So I tell folks, stop being tow trucks. 
So if all of Madea's movies are about somebody needing to get saved, needing somebody to come in and fix this and that, he's still sending the wrong message. You ain't got no business in a relationship if your life is screwed up. Get your life straight, not first. And if you need to be saved, get on your knees and ask Jesus to save you because that's the only one can save you. Amen. And that's, and that's, Amen. that's what runs throughout the whole that's the whole premise of it. But beyond beyond the point of, of that, um how do you it is and the, and like I said, you have to heal yourself first. And, about that. and that was that was the the most important part of anything that I said is that if you don't come to the realization that something is broken in you and you have to be healed then it doesn't matter how big the S is on his chest. It, it is not going to work for you. That's the, uh, that's the whole point of it. The whole point of it is at first you have to be the one with the strength to say that you are broken. You have to be the one that fall on your knees and say, God, help me. You have to be that one of strength first and foremost. But then if a man comes along and he sees that you are on the clips of being broken and on the clips of being fixed, and he wants to be encouragement for you the last quarter of the way or whatever, what is wrong with that? But because that is... What, what is wrong with that? Nobody has any business getting into a relationship with anyone unless they have their life on track. If your life is not on track... You need to get it straight first before I you consider I thought the whole point was for you to build anybody. a life with someone. <laughs> so, so you build a life on your own track, and then you expect that someone else's train has to fit. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Individual building a life together is not the same thing as getting your life together. See, first. you can't build that about with somebody who builds is in a shambles. Look, I tell women. Before you start going out with a man, do a credit check on him and do a background check on him. If he got bad credit, you don't need to be dating him. <laughs> he will be number one for yours. You know, so he go in thinking what somebody else is going to help us do. You better help yourself first and make sure that they do the same thing. That way you get two strong people coming mm-hmm. together. And not one half-ass person and a whole person, because the only thing that half-ass person is going to do mm. is make that whole person less than whole. And that's yeah. just nature. That's just a fact. It cannot be denied, and that's why so many people in these screwed-up relationships with these babies that they're making out of wedlock, thinking somebody else is going to make them whole. It don't work that way. It is. See, and that, yet again, it is not, and this is the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't understand... The concept of, of of sitting here and saying that in order for I, okay, put it this way. Let me put it this way. You have a person that's broken, mm-hmm. okay. That person decides to heal themselves, okay. Have we have we gotten that part? That this person it, only God heals. You can't heal yourself. But that's, but that's the point. By falling on their knees, okay. Let me let me make sure I say every single point. By falling on their knees and confessing to God that they can't do it alone, that that they need to be forgiven for their past sins, that you know, the whole thing. That they have gotten to that point where they realize that that's where they are, and God sends to them. 
someone who says, I've been there, I've done it, I, you know, let me help you. Not save you, not not come in with the big S on my chest, but why can't I be a part of your healing? And and that's the whole point of what I'm saying is not the aspect that someone has to save you. It's the aspect that God actually sends people into your life to be of influence. He sends people to you when you need it the most. And at that time, as a broken woman... He doesn't, I think what we are confusing here is the nature of the relationship. We will have friends that will help us in our lives all along the way. The point that I was speaking of, and I thought I was clear, but let me, let me, let me restate this. If you are in a situation in your life where it is less than whole, the last thing you need to be thinking about engaging in is any type of romantic involvement with someone where you are contemplating building a life together. That's the last thing that should be on your plate. Are you mean? Are you talking about like an intimate relationship? Because that was that wasn't what I was talking well, about at all. I would like to say that if I'm going to build a life with somebody. That would be intimate. To me, I count that as no, intimate. No, you, you know, okay, I was talking about, okay, sex. Are you? Is that well, what you're yeah, talking about, that you shouldn't sex. be? I've got so many bastard children, folks still having sex and ain't being married. So, you know, you know what my position is on that. You ain't got no business doing if you ain't married. Well, my whole point is, if you are taking that, if you're taking that kind of, if you have that kind of relationship where it's not about the sex, it's not about saving someone, but it's about you finding someone, and that person is, you want to be there for that person, and you are the one who offers that person words of encouragement. You are the person who stands by them, and even in the process of why you're healing, you're there, and you're just the shoulder, if nothing mm-hmm. more. Until you come to a day where the ring is presented and you are married or whatever, I don't only see that be a as friendship at that point. Only, but that's that's how it starts. It always starts as a friendship, and that's it the does. same point where it. Well, it does most of the time. Yeah. If we go back to like, just say we're talking real life and movie, but if you go back to the movie, it always starts off as a friendship. None of them start off. None of them start off with sex. You know, yes, none of them have is. relationships. These relationships start off with sex, and he's right. The brother who's speaking, I don't know who he is. I'm sorry because I joined late. But See, he's my... absolutely right. These broken people are not trying to have these long term friendships. A lot of times, I mean, and I'm not saying that everybody who isn't, but the problem in the community, because we're still talking about the community we live in, not the fantasy world in a Lionsgate wow. Tyler Perry movie. We're talking about what really goes on, and there's so many single-parent households and, and, and where the dads never even see their children, or, and even there's some dads raising their kids. But the thing is, there's so many single-parent households that they couldn't have started off as friends. These people, they, they had to be ships passing in the night, or they had to be relationships that turned uh all too quickly to sex because you wouldn't have maybe if you had known that the brother couldn't hold down a job or that he had 
10 kids somewhere else, about 10 different women, you wouldn't have been rushing to make another one. You know, so we're I, I think we're still talking about we're mixing fantasy with reality, but the reality is there's so much brokenness in our homes. 72% of all black children grow up in single-parent homes, and these these relationships, they can't be starting off as friendships. And, 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 and that's exactly right. If you take today and, and what's mm-hmm. going on today, I totally agree with you. They're not starting off with for they're not starting off with friendships because they're not even with the intention of ending in marriage. So it, it, I can totally agree with you, but that wasn't the point we were making. So that's why that's why there's a difference in there. But in the same instance in in, in real life it still comes back to that single that single thing where if the woman hasn't decided that she wants to heal herself by dropping to her knees, so that's the way we decided that, that, that we heal, if she hasn't made her point to decide that she wants to heal herself and gotten on the path to actually healing herself, then none of the other part of my conversation even applies. Because that was the whole premise of the argument that I was making, that it first has to come to the individual, and this goes for men and women. It first has to come to the individual for them to decide that they are broken, that they do need Christ to change their life over and to turn their life on, to turn their life over to him and start making new decisions. That was the initial premise of it. And so with all of these relationships that we have now, God isn't the first premise of it. Well, that, that's you know that. I, I, I gotta agree with that, man. And um, and hold, hold that thought. Healing, I gotta go. I gotta go to a commercial because we got a couple more callers on. Um, you listen to the KRP Radio Show, WMMG's home of the KRP Radio Show, six one nine three eight eight five five nine. It's the never. You're on the air with T Mott. Got Sonny Johnson on the line and Kelly Smoke. Callers, if you're on the air, hang on, press that one. We'll get right back to you here in just a second. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800 442 2762. Again, that's 800 442 2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today.
have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques. 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques. 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. Johnson, you guys know her all over. She's a superstar, man. Check her out at symbol Sonny Johnson on Twitter. T Mot at symbol T M O T O F G A on Twitter. And you know where we at at symbol KRP Radio Show. www.krpradioshow.com. You can hit us up 619-638-8559. Before I bring all my guests on here, let me let me get my my, my other caller on here. Call you on the air out of the 801. You're the only 801 caller. Out of, uh, I don't know how many. What's up? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I just wanted to know how everything was going on. Everything's beautiful, brother. How are you? I'm doing good. I just so, wanted to know. I was listening to the to the, uh, to the the show. Uh-huh. And I was hearing everybody talking about Tyler Perry and about how the women dominate the household and, 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 and what he portrays. Mm-hmm. But I just look at it like there's a lot of fathers, you know, that need to be in the household, but they're not in the household for the lack of um, opportunities that they have upon themselves mm. after they have children by these fa- by these women. Mm-hmm. And then when things get kind of hard, you know, they they will flee flee from it. And then the children are grown growing up not knowing who their dads are. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find out, you know, a route in order for me to reach out to the fathers. 
You you say you're looking for a group where you can reach out? Yeah. Okay, listen. I um I started a campaign and, and I got my I got my um co host T Mine back on the air, also Sonny and Kelly. They're back on the air right now with us too. But I started a campaign and it's actually a movement, man. It's not just a Facebook page or a website or none of that. It's a movement and uh right now we're gearing up to do oh I'm already doing mentoring with smaller children. I don't do much mentoring with other fathers yet, just as of yet. We're organizing that now. But if you, I don't know if you're on Facebook or not, but it's called I Love Being a Black Father. I Love Being a Black Father. Just look it up or Google it or whatever you need to do. And uh, we're there, man. And the only thing I ask of the people who are involved with that movement is just come on there and leave some encouragement, some words of inspiration. At this point, we're just organizing things, and, and uh, we got a few parades that we're going to do, myself and my partner, Rashad Woods. Shout out to Rashad. And uh, that's where we're starting, brother. But outside of that, something that I think that I think a lot of people could do, you know, I don't know if you go to church or not, but there's a lot of fathers in there. I'm just put it out here like this. There's a lot of deadbeat dads on the street. There's a lot of deadbeat dads in the store. There's a lot of them in the church. I would suggest if it's if you don't want to do the online thing or or if you don't want to join my movement or whatever, you know, for whatever your purpose is, maybe your internet aren't working or whatever, man. This is reality here. Reach out to some of the churches around, man, or some of the community centers. The unemployment offices are packed. I'm pretty sure that if you're willing to do something like that, that they will loan you a cubicle for an hour or two a day. You know what I mean? Um, probably got to get a little bit creative about it, man, because folks aren't going to accept what you're trying to tell them wholeheartedly is they're not going to come across peacefully. A lot of what you're going to get is I'm taking care of my kid and I'm not trying to hear what you're talking about. You know what I mean? So when you jump into it, man, keep it moving and, and I support you any, any way that I can help you. Let me know, you know, anything that I can do, I, I can get, put you in touch with several people. I, I'll give you an email address or you can go to the website, krpradioshow.com, go to contacts and uh, you can contact us from there and I'll definitely stay in touch with you, brother. I'll do that. Definitely do that. And, and, and you know, I, I hope your journey, I don't know if any any of the other callers, any of the guests have anything for you. Um, you guys, you know, feel free to speak up if you got any info for the brother where he can help out. Hey, brother. Uh, community centers in your community is the best place to start if you want to reach out to some young, young men, uh, young boys. Any community center, they don't have enough men. And that's just a fact. And I would just say in in your family, because mm. a lot of families have, you know, they have single mothers, but they have brothers and they have uncles and they have, you know, and that's something. And, and another thing that I'll say amongst men is if you in your man group don't hold other men accountable for their actions, then it, it, it leaves them open to keep doing it. And I, and that's one thing I would love to, to see more men who do take care of their kids. If you have somebody in your group that doesn't, that you maybe help him out by planning something for him to go get his kids and do something with your kids where all of the kids are together and, and, and get them to understand that, that how important that is that that they actually are a part of their kids' lives because I think that are not enough men talk to their other male friends about 
the importance of being a part of their child's lives. Like it's a taboo subject that men don't want to talk about because they're not supposed to have feelings and conversations and all of that. No, go to your friends and tell your friends the same thing. And if you don't have kids of your own, then reach out to your nephews, your cousins, your you know, the little kid down the block that you see heading towards the wrong thing. Each one of us can affect at least one person, and we at least have to start there. No doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, because, I mean, that, all that stuff hits the heart because, you know, I'm living out here in this West Coast area, and it's more so like, you know, everything that black people are doing to ourselves and everything. Now we're starting, like, you know, with the rise of the Hispanic community out here in the United States of America and however they got here and whatever they're doing, now they're attacking the black fathers who who are not, like, who are lacking in being a fatherhood and, and being the fathers to their children, so they're attacking us with that. So what are we to do? Because a lot of people are listening to, to the, what the Hispanics are saying about black people nowadays. So I don't know what to do now. This is West Coast, you know. I don't know what to do now with this. And 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 I'm sorry. I don't. I, I don't. I hate monopolizing, but you know, I always got something to say. Go ahead. Um, it's it's fundamental that you understand the difference in um in the state government and what you were raised, and especially with California being um, the, if not the most progressive state in all of the United States of America, they've come up with a mentality from the very beginning, and most blacks who grew up in California are under that influence because that's what they've learned in their school system. That's the politics of California is dependency. It's a progressive state. That's what they push. Well, a lot of the Hispanics who are now um, taking over in California, they are very Christian. They didn't. They weren't raised under the progressive machine. They come with their Catholic, um, their Catholic um, principles intact. So even though they might be living in in the same ghettos that we're living in. They're living as a family unit in those ghettos where we have broken ourselves up and and we're not we're not having that family unit um so much, but the hispanics they they still have their family unit intact because they weren't brought up under the system of California, and we need to understand political systems and how they work so that we can understand why one group is more um susceptible than other groups are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they shutting down schools out here and building more prisons. <laughs> yeah, that's the California way, brother. One thing, I, one thing I learned about the time that I spent in Cali, the little apartment that we shared, even though we wasn't there all the time, um, back in the little music industry days. One thing I learned about Cali, it's crazy, crazy segregated, and and it's not by race all the time. You got racial segregation. You got gang affiliation and segregation. You got. Well. Man, it's it's I, I never saw a place that was so segregated. So one thing that, 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 that you're fighting against in California is your own people. You know yep. what I mean? Your own outside of the other races, you know, that and, and the other gangs and, and the things that they're talking about, but you're fighting your own people. And your own people out in California now is, is a lot like what Sonny said. It's a lot like yo, if they ain't giving me nothing, I ain't trying to hear it. So that's something that you're going to have to overcome right there alone. That a lot of people are not going to feel you because you're not one of them. They're not, and I'm talking about just the black race now. They're not going to feel you because you're not one of them from, you know, come from that same makeup or that same background and because you ain't got nothing to give them but knowledge. 
You know what I mean? So you you got a lot to overcome out there, brother. I'm I'm gonna man, I'll look at some contacts and see what I can find for you because um and I, I wish you the best, man. And and if you and like like one like I think uh Sonny just said, if you can find one person and make a difference with that one person and, and you know, just let them know to keep spreading the knowledge and, and help another person, you know, that's a way to start. You know what I mean? Everything doesn't start big. All right. Can I can I just interject um, for one second? I I used to live in California. I used to live in San Diego, and I think there one of your biggest assets is going to be your churches because uh, of this gang issue. I yeah. mean, and you have a chance to really make an impact in there with these young men um, because from what I from what I saw living in California, that gang lifestyle is a way of life because they they come up in it young, you yep. know. Yeah. There's no alternative. And what I had suggested, I went, gang when, I, I, I went to a gang summit at a church, and I told them this. You know, in California, I don't know, people listening on the East Coast might not know, but people's garage there, it doesn't have their car. It's like a, a den. They'll <laughs> put a TV in it, and they'll put a couch. And my mm-hmm. thing is, if you have a garage that's, that's a, a den on a Friday night, open your garage up and let the kids on the block come and watch a movie in your garage. That's what you're doing. Why don't you make it kid-friendly and do that? You know, your next-door neighbor can provide a pack of hot dogs. You can boil hot dogs, and somebody can provide buns. But at least that one night on your block, you knew where these few hands with kids were. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeing that they're not having – the kids don't their, – their parents don't have money necessarily to involve them in pop water football. So a lot of the kids during the summer, I thought that they were just on the street or they were just in the house, you know. And so I feel like you're going to have your best resource – um, is going to be your churches because I think a lot of them are going to have gang initiatives whether they know what to do or not. You know, if you can just get you and a, and another young man um, in your, at your community church interested in saying, okay, let's figure out how we can have a gang initiative at our church. You know, you find some ex-gang members who may be willing to help who are fathers. Um, you might find some kids who are very interested in an alternative. It's just there. They don't have alternatives. And my thing is we we can't worry about, the media, because uh, Hispanics, you know, um, even the Republican Party, uh, the the Democrat Party has a Hispanic outreach phase. The Republican Party is is going towards that. We can't worry about the media and, and whether it takes um, flight in the mainstream media what we're doing. You know, just try to affect um, things at a local level, you know, mm-hmm. first. And hopefully the movement will grow. But if, if you can save one or two kids, you know, if you can improve on – um, the skills of one or two fathers, you know, that's something, you know, and 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 every little bit shrinks shrinks that statistic of fatherlessness um, in black homes. All right, I got involved in a black student union, and they're reaching out to the uh, neighborhood um, teenagers that's going to college, or inspiring them, and or influencing them in order to get to college, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, a lot of times they listen to what we're saying, and we, we've been speaking about this, like, for a long time and for many years, and uh, it's like the more progress we do on the positive side, even we bring the black youth into a positive lifestyle from the negative lifestyle and the street elements and everything, we, we're still under attack. It's like they don't want us to even do positive things out here. And and, and that's most... And that's most definitely. And what what I would say to you is that 
It's not going to happen until there is a national voice, and um, and and you can rest assured that there are there are there there are those of us out there that are fighting to be that voice. We we we've just begun to pick up our mantle. We've just begun to fight, and we're going to be that voice out there that that when you go into the community and you give them that positive message that after you've delivered it, that it can be enforced on a national level because we're out there making sure that our voices are heard. So we're we're in the process of well as well of, like I said, trying to build that, that safety zone where it's not you, it's not only you, that are out that that is out there trying to make the difference. That once you go out there and you um, plant that seed into someone's heart, or that you help that person see that maybe a decision that they were making is wrong. That we are out here working. That on a national scene, there is someone that you could um, that they could look up to and say, okay, that's what it. That's what he meant. That's what I can aspire to, and not even aspire to, but aspire to pass or to be better than. So, and the same thing, if you're going to fight, we're we're out here fighting too. And we're going to make sure that everyone that you save, that when it's time and they look up on a national stage, that there is a voice that they can respect and that they can listen to and that they can feel like they're not alone. Right on. Thank you, all right. I'm sorry, bro. I said I, I hope that helps you, man. And, you know, like I said, reach out anytime. I will. All right, be blessed. I thank y'all very much for everything y'all said and done. You know, God bless y'all and y'all be in my prayers. Appreciate that, bro. Thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it ain't only on this side, man. Outside of all the Tyler Perry stuff, man, it ain't only on this side. What's happening is all over. And I think we're all on the same path of trying to, um, trying to correct some of this stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's just... It's so massive and it's so big and it's so great to overcome. You know what I mean? It's we got so much that we gotta overcome just to make things right. And you know, all of us got our ideas, but it's almost where do you start? You know what I mean? Where do you start and what kind of effect is it gonna take? Absolutely. Um, I don't even want to get back on the Tyler Perry stuff, man. I, I just wanna <laughs> ask you guys. You know, I, I mean, we all got our ideas on that, and I, I understand where everybody's coming from. Just just for argument's sakes, we kept the conversation going on, but I know where everybody's coming from. I do get that. Um, I think, Sonny, like you said it before, I would love to talk to Tyler Perry and ask him, you know, what actually are you doing? Because, you know, he does take a lot of claims saying that, you know, my movies inspire people, my movies help people, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I would like to say, you know, what are you doing? But besides all that, I just want to ask you guys, is voting the way that we can get this, that we can possibly change some of these things by voting? Is, is voting the way that we do it? Only if you know what you're voting for. <laughs> the only way, the only way vote can be the answer is if you actually understood and knew what you were voting for. That's the only way vote matters in any way because then you would understand what regulations do. You would understand what quantitative easing do. You would understand the different forms of government and how they affect you. So right now, like I said, until I think we can get to the point where we need to start with the most basic first, and that would include us, you know, like I said a thousand times, stop killing each other. 
Got got a call in at 919, man. 204 is your last three. Caller, you on the air with Pudgy. Hey, sorry it was me. I got disconnected. And I think that um, exercising um, the right to vote is a start. Just in, like Sonny was saying, just understanding how things work. And to me, if you're the type of person that votes, you you have um, – <clears throat> you have this kind of, this knowledge about things. I'm not saying that everybody that votes is a, is a genius or anything about that, but they just understand about exercising their options. I mean, good grief, we we didn't always have the right to vote. You know, somebody had to die for us to have the right to vote. So just taking the initiative to vote, I believe it means that people will take other initiatives, you know, not to lose their freedoms. I mean, I, I heard you speak at the uh, the the Freedom Fest, uh, on Saturday, and it's it's just about understanding about not using our liberties, getting upset, getting mad, and making sure that you know we that we understand and that we're aware of what's going on. So I just think mm-hmm. that voting is a start. And I always like when I talk about voting, I like to mention Malcolm X's ballot or the bullet speech. Love that He's speech. Worth- my, one of my favorites. Absolutely. He says you put the Democrats first and they put you last. And if he was saying that in 1964, it to me it's even more relevant today uh, than it was then, and I think we need to take a, a look at that. Um, and everybody needs to examine themselves and how they vote and why they vote in a certain way. T-Mar. Jump in that on that one. Um, I'm 51 years old. My parents are close to 80. Um, My father just recently has had a turning of the guard, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But my mother, if you were to even suggest that she vote anything other than Democrat, she would curse you. That's what they do. The sad part, <clears throat> my mother's generation was taught that this is what we do, this is all we do because they, liberal Democrats, have our best interest at heart. And they once they got programmed into that mode, there was no changing it. Then of course came my generation, which is a little different, many of the roads that were built for us to travel through their struggles, we were able to travel and, and it, it, it put us in a position to learn a little bit more about what's what's going on. Like I can tell you who my two state senators are, mm-hmm. but if you ask <laughs> the average person, the average black person, you can walk down the street just stop and pick one. Name your two state senators. They can't tell you. Name the three branches of government. They can't tell you. They can't even address some of the basic fundamentals of our government system. Uh, and there in itself lies a problem. And so to further compound that, at the age of 18, they have the right to go and vote many of which don't go and vote, 
Uh, as a matter of fact, black people made history for the second time in the fact that when Obama ran, more black people voted when Obama ran than when blacks voted when they were first allowed to vote without wow. interference from uh, white folks. We have not had a black voter turnout like we did when Obama uh, ran for the office of president. Black just going to go vote. And the only reason they voted for Obama was because, one, he's black. And the sad truth is, because we don't understand what the electoral college is, many of us don't <laughs> get, get the fact that black people didn't put Obama in office. Absolutely. Okay? We didn't put Obama in office. White folks put Obama in office. That's a well, fact. Actually, we had a big, we had a very big part of putting him in office. Uh, if they hadn't shown up because their numbers were so, because the black community's numbers were so outstanding, he only won by two percentage points. So it, 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 a lot of what they did, and it wasn't only the fact that they showed up and voted. It was for the first time a lot of them got active and not only showed up and voted, but they also participated in the process ahead of time. And they, a lot of blacks during Obama's election found out what a primary was. They they got to understand because they actually went through the process with the man. And if that's one thing I can say about him, that's one of the things that I will give him credit about. But as with every other movement where they come and they and they and they court the black community, once they get what they want, once the man is elected, he disappeared. And and can you answer a question for me, please? You throw a lot of stuff out there. What is the one thing you say you give Obama credit for? What's that? That he mobilized the community to actually get involved once. Okay, well, see, here's a newsflash. Just because Obama is black, black folk were going to go vote for him. He didn't have to do a whole lot to get the black vote. It was the white vote that Obama had to worry about getting, and the Hispanic vote. That's what Obama mobilized. Black folks were going to go vote for Obama simply because he was black, and I renew my other statement. If white folks didn't want Obama in office, I don't care if every Negro in America went and voted for him. He would not be president. Okay? And, and, and that is 100% true. But if, and the same can be in reflex that if we didn't come out in the numbers that we did, as you said, with the Congressional Congress, the way, I mean, you know, with the way it is, if he didn't win some of the key districts and key states that so heavily turned out black, then he wouldn't have been president either. That's the whole point. And, yes, he went after the white vote. Yes, he courted the white vote. He courted the uh, Hispanic vote. Yes, he did. But in the same instance, they did a lot of things behind the scenes with the black vote as well, as far as greasing a lot of the black politicians to get out and mobilize um, mobilize the black vote to have the numbers, the sheer amount of numbers. Um, during Obama's election, they registered more, and, and I'm taking into account all of the ACORN and all of the voter registration and everything, but they, they, um, they registered about like 23 million unregistered voters to vote, and a huge, vast majority of them were Africans and African-Americans and black people who voted for the very first time. 
So consider this for a second, okay? So I, I don't I don't think again, and that's what I was talking about. Many of us and, and I'm not talking about you, but many folk lack a basic understanding of the electoral college. When you just talk about numbers, black folk only make up and you know what, and I'm gonna be generous. We only make up 15% of the total population of the United States. Only 15%. That's a very small number in a big old pie. So with that being said, that is why I say black folk ain't put Obama in office, I, I think our population is somewhere around 300 million, but we only make up 15% of that. And to add further insult to injury, we don't do it based on the popular vote because, see, it'd be hands down. If it was based on a popular vote, black folks wouldn't stand a snowball's chance in hell of getting a black president into office. Or anybody. So it, yeah. So. That being said, because of the electoral college, which is supposed to balance things out, you know, you got the win states, and then, you know, you sing your delegates, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that we make up such a small percentage of the total population of the United States, we don't impact the electoral college that significantly, maybe a few states, but not a whole lot enough to, to make a difference. So, again, getting back to, to my point, we didn't put Obama in office, but where I was going with it to begin with, we have a lot of black folk walking around. We got a generation of folk, my, my parents' generation, they don't know nothing else but Democrat. It don't matter what they stand for, what that, that's all they're going to do, period. Then we've got my generation, some folk who at least try to understand a little bit about what's going on with politics and, and can see the light, and then we've got the generation uh, uh, after me, okay, you you guys. And many of you are enlightened as to what's going on, but there are a whole bunch of kids out there that have no clue. Many folk could care less what Obama stood for, and, and, and I tell people this, and I, I, I'll, you know, go ahead and admit it. I voted for Obama. Yes, oh, and, that and, is. So, yes, <laughs> I voted for Obama. I got sold a bill of goods because, you see, I, I had given the Republicans, the GOP, 12 years of, 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 of my loyalty. And at the end of George's, George Bush's uh, uh, reign, I, I couldn't tell his party from that of the Republicans. So when I heard Obama get up there and, and, and he uttered these words, there were a couple of things. One, he's, he, he said... Men need, in, in the black community, he was talking about black men. This is when Jesse Jackson said that he needed to have his balls cut off because he was talking down to black folk when he said black men need to start standing up and being responsible for their own babies, their children, yeah, taking care like of their households. I hated that. Yeah, yeah. And, and he talked about fixing the educational system like because that. it is sorely broken. And he talked about if we're going to bail out all of these fat cats, on Wall Street, we need to do something for the folk on Main Street. Yep. But ain't none of that happening. Nope. Ain't none of that happening. Just more and more and more debt. Now, where does that leave us as black folk? 
we got too many black folks still caught up on the gimme, gimme, gimme government tip. And if we can't get them off of the government tip, we're going to catch hell. Because, see, you know what? And they coming up with, we got track phones, free government phones that they give out. You got guys on the street, homeless on the street, walking around with cell phones. <laughs> all they want to do is get, all you have to do is get food stamps. Every every homeless guy, you, just about every homeless guy in Atlanta now has a cell phone. Wow. Okay. This is what our government is doing with our money. So as long as we have a government, liberal Democrats, with these programs, these giveaway programs, ain't nobody finna vote the Democrats out of office. Nobody. And as long as the – go ahead. Okay. Just to get back to to one thing real fast about uh, the electoral uh, – why do I keep on – for some reason I can't get it out. (laughs) It's all good. Okay, no, because I, I, I find I find that this is this is this is an argument that I have quite a bit. So I'd like to to, to clarify for one moment with the idea of gerrymandering and what they have done to the districts in our in our in, in each state. Each state every ten years gerrymanders gerrymanders basically their district. Mm-hmm. So there are complete districts almost where there is a black population. If that population was to switch and not have voted for Obama, he would not be in office. The Democratic Party cannot win without the black vote. Now, will that change as the Hispanic numbers continue to grow? Maybe. But the basics of it is if you get a black population that is awake, the Democratic Party goes bye-bye. So that's just because of the sheer number of how they have gerrymandered our districts. You could have complete state legislatures turn if the black community were to awaken and not to vote for Obama or were not to show up at all. He would not be president, and most likely a whole bunch of Democrats would be out of office. If it wasn't for that simple fact, that's that's the first thing. Um, that's the first. <laughs> that's the first thing. If that were true, if that were true, we would not have had the turn of events with Republicans uh, taking over as many seats as they did in recent elections. Because you just said, they, they, you know, name one black district, name one black gerrymandered district that a Republican took over. Uh, the one up there in, in was Boston that had been Democrat for what last fifty years? Black gerrymandered district. That uh Tim Scott was not a black district. What I the point that I made is the Democrats without the black vote, without our fifteen percent or our percentage of our fifteen percent that actually shows up, the Democratic Party would not be in in, in in power, they wouldn't have okay. numbers. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. First, first off, you're talking general elections versus the presidential elections. No, even okay. in a even in electoral Congress, because each state has its own rules, where some districts are allowed to cast their vote for their candidate, and then some states have where all of the votes go to one specific candidate. So still, with that being 
underlying principle depending on each state without the black coming up black vote coming up in population and in numbers the way that they did if blacks didn't vote at all point blank period none at all the democratic party would fail well i, I think part maybe of they that would is, carry I, a couple of districts but they would fail part of that whole premise is based off blacks not voting in local and statewide elections Yes, but that's the that's the whole point of it. If you can get an entire black population because of the way that they have gerrymandered the districts, then you would have entire districts changing sides. That's the point I'm saying. As long as they are firmly held on a Democratic side, the only influx that you can do is by having more to turn out. I, I agree with that. that because are we there don't come are out. always going to be there. Well, I agree with that because we don't blacks don't come out in record numbers for senatorial or statewide elections at all, and at this just and so happened because we had a black. How much could we have if we did? How but much could we have if we did? You know, I, I agree with that. Here, here's the funny thing though about that just that whole thing. Just look at places. Look at like Maxine Waters, people like that who who continue to get elected. And they're not getting elected by black folks, though. Yes, Maxine Waters. Yes, she is. She has a nice little black. She has a nice de- black delegation in her congregation. Yet again, another gerrymandered district. The reason they keep winning re-election is because they have they have the maps drawn to where it's impossible for them to lose. Everything that is encompassed in their area is considered a safe. Mm-hmm. They, these are safe areas, and that's why in, in national campaigns they don't have to put so much money into these areas because they are considered safe. They have drawn the lines the way that that they know exactly which way that district will vote, and therefore if they don't have to put money into it. They don't have to put time into it. They don't have to put effort or energy into it. You know that Maxine Waters is going to win. You know that Charlie Rangel is going to win. You know that Jesse Jackson Jr. is going to win. You know that these people are going to win for the simple fact of the way they have gerrymandered the districts. So they don't even really need an influx. Wouldn't that make the Republicans stupid to allow that? Stupid as all outdoors. Stupid, but in the same instance, Republicans use a trade-off, and that's why, like like you said, I'm not on the Republican bandwagon, you know, either. I will say I vote Republican because I give, I want people to have the, you know, to let them know that I can, I practice what I preach, and I, I will, I will not vote for dependency and stuff like that, but I have many problems with the Republican Party and their stupidity and their lack of outreach towards the black community and their failed efforts towards offering a conservative message to every American, not just the ones that they think that they can pull off into a voter base. Well, I think traditionally they don't have to. That's why they don't in in the Republican Party. Traditionally, they don't reach out to black voters is because they get elected without having to. They don't have to reach out to the black community. Oh, and that, they that's don't the reach out to blacks because we, cause cause we crucify them. We crucify the attempt to them for them to even reach out to us. But we don't even realize that even our black leadership doesn't reach out to us. Hang on one second. Let me so, get a call in right here real quick that's been holding for for about 15 minutes out of the 610. Caller, you're on the 610. You're on the air. We'll you. What's up? 
Hey, Pudgy, it's me, Sharia. Hey, Sharia, how are you? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just here listening to some of the things that you guys are talking about. And one thing that I highly encourage people to do is to, to get involved in their communities because there are organizations out there that go to the state legislator where you can voice your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, just a perfect example is when I fought for people with disabilities up at state legislator in New York when I was living in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And just by telling my own personal testimony in a third person, just what I spoke about really changed the whole entire country on Social Security because from what we were able to do was that um, instead of having Social Security based on, you know, that you can only make as much as you're given, well, because of what we fought for, we fought for people to earn more money. And that right there, instead of someone like myself earning $725, you know, from what I got, mm-hmm. I'm now able to earn 1100 and, and 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 the point that I'm getting to is that there are certain things that we can go to our state legislator and voice our, our own personal testimonies sure. that will change their views because the system can work. However, there's so many people that are trying to change it, but yet why change it when you got to work with what you already have, you know, like with the foster care system, you know, wow. from food stamps and Section 8 and so forth. You know, someone living in Miami is waiting nine years to get on Social Security disability, but or not Social Security, I'm sorry. Disability. <laughs> Trying to get on Section 8, but oh. yet if they move to a, a smaller town in the United States, they can get on it in three months. Perfect example, I did it. I'm off of it. Just to prove that the system can work as long as you allow it to work. You know, um, it's not really much about, you know, you know, Republican Party versus Democratic Party. It's about going to the state legislator and voicing your opinion and, and letting them know, like, this is this can work, but here are some ways that it can work because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not such a, a black and white picture, you know. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been able to, to travel the United States and, and see that it's it's not just one area, which is the urban community. It's every community um, that has issues with what the government is doing. It's not a black issue. It's not a white issue. It's a human race issue. And and we have to be, we can't say, we can't really put that black and white picture in front of them. We have to speak for the people, not just for ourselves. Well, here's a, here's a problem. Here's a problem. Not the problem with that. Additional to that, though, what what remains is not enough positive voices that really tell the truth in the urban community, though, and and not only the black community, just the poor community whatsoever. Poor people don't get the the raw truth a lot of the times. You know, poor people are preyed upon. They're given things, and then you know they feel like you know a poor person is like a bum. If you give a bum a hundred dollars, he's gonna think you you know that guy right there is good when you could be the scum of the earth. So that that's what happens in the urban communities or minority or more of the poor communities. That those are the things that happen. So people like myself and, and these people on the on the air here, that's kind of what we speak to. You know what I mean? It's like when hip hop came out and mm-hmm. you in the hip hop industry, so when hip hop mm-hmm. came out it wasn't speaking to everybody, it was speaking to the people in those communities that they were from. So, and it just so and happened that it standed out to everybody and then it then everybody said, Hey, you know what? This message is for me as well. But it had to come through those that were going through it first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, I and, and I agree with that. I will. There was there was a time that I, I put myself to be homeless. You know, I, I was able to go from the ground up because, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of it has to be with, about a person's faith. You know, is God going to set provision for you? Yes, he is. You just got to be able to listen to his guidance because I was homeless for like two months. And the next thing you know, I'm moving in my apartment. I'm starting my new job, this, right. that, and the other. If people just go out of their, like, say, for instance, when I was living in Manhattan, guys that were selling, you know, crack and, and uh, cocaine and marijuana on the corner. I told them, like, yo, you don't have to be doing this for the rest of your life. All it takes is one bus ticket somewhere else, and that community will help you get back on your feet, you know. Mm. And and a lot of people, they're just so droned that, you know, poor me, poor me. And it's like you got to take that step out and, and get it for yourself, you know, That's, and allow God to work in your life and, and give you more meaning to your life. You said a whole you lot know, of words. Yeah, a lot of words. And, and those words are the words that need to be catered, excuse me, that, that need to be blown up and given to a community of people who aren't doing that. T Mont, you want to make a comment? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, getting back to what Sonny was talking about, well, the point I wanted to make was, and, and I think this is what where we kind of, got off point and, and, and kind of missed my point. Democrats are able to win when they get the black vote. And historically, Democrats have always had the black vote uh, civil rights era, okay, because prior to 1901, most blacks were Republican. I did a series of videos on the making of a Democrat. But when we have a time, when white folks get out and go vote in droves, because it's not just a black thing nowadays of not voting, the point that I will make, and I will stick by this un, 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 until I, I, I leave this world, if white folks get out and go vote in droves, I submit to you that by and large it does not matter whether or not Democrats have the majority of the black vote because Whites have shown that when they want to take over either house, the Senate or the House of Representatives, they can do it. All they got to do is just get up and go out and vote. Where we need to get to is to a point of where when we, when and if we will get out and go vote, that we vote for the right people. Because, you see, not only are white Americans doing this, Black folk are guilty of this, too, putting the wrong people in office. And I think getting to the point that the young lady just made, we've got to look at this now as a human race problem. And we have to take back the country regardless of our color. And so what I'm saying to black folk, learn what it is to vote. Learn about politics. Learn what is at stake and start voting for a person based on principle. But, you know, Absolutely. I'm going to come back to this, and I've, I've said this all all along. Poor people ain't got a dog in the fight. They were broke before this started, and they're going to more than likely be broke after it got started. The only people with a dog in this fight that have the most to lose 
is the middle class, and that's anybody that's earning anywhere from $250,000 on down. We are the targets of both the Democrats and the Republicans. The Democrats have labeled people who make $250,000 as being rich, and the Republicans ain't going to do nothing to stop it. They're going to talk about they want to stop it, but they really ain't going to do nothing to stop it. They ain't going to do nothing about the jobs being exported overseas. They're going to go along with Obama's program with this jobs bill that's going to do nothing but give us more debt and create a bunch of temporary jobs that will be gone. But, oh, guess what? It will come in time enough. Obama to get reelected. Oh, and that's why he want to bring the troops home at the end of this year. So again, folk, misdirection. Folk need to wake up. Folk need to Absolutely, wake up. because you know a lot of a lot of people that vote, you know, they they're mis they they are misinformed. They are uninformed. You know, you have you have a community that that really doesn't really have very much information that's given to them about these politicians because when you're at that ballot booth, you don't have a summary of their of what they believe in. People <laughs> there's a lot of people that just vote just because they either they're black or their their last name is common or this, that and the other and it's like ultimately, you know, what separates us is is you know, not only religion, because you have, say, for instance, with denomination, mm-hmm. you know, we're separated by, you know, different sects of Christianity, Protestant, Lutheran, Baptist, and so forth. It goes for the same thing with, with politics. And, you know, we're we're separated by independent party and Democratic Party and, and Republican Party. And what what a lot of these politicians need to understand is that they need to be more in tune with, with, with their own with their own issues. You know, we, we are at war in our own backyard. We don't really need to focus so much on war in Afghanistan. We need to worry about more about the war that we have in our own backyard with people shooting each other. And it's just not in the black communities that are shooting each other. It's in the white communities too, you know, and, and it, it really needs to stop and it, it needs to, it, it needs to be, um, it needs to be more in depth of educating our, our, people of the whole motive of why these politicians are politicians. I'd rather vote for a politician that has been from the ground up, you know what I mean, and worked their way up, you know, um, and, and, you know, not someone who's been to Ivy League and, and just had their whole way paid for them. You know, it, it, it just, it's sad that, you know, that people are just so one-dimensional that, you know, if, it, if it's a black politician that's running for president, we're going to vote for him because we want a black president. Well, you know, look what we, what we got ourselves into. You know, I voted for Obama hoping that, you know, this could, that there can be a change of view. And, and it, it really has gone, you know, I still have faith in, a, in, a, in our presidency that, you know, if it's not Obama, it's going to be someone else that's actually going to create a, a, a big, tremendous change in this in this United States. We, we you definitely know, unfortunately, so. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of the things that Obama is had was put into, it was already set in stone by the last president. I'm sorry, but Bush had <laughs> been our worst president <laughs> oh, in, the whole, okay. in the whole world. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's, a the of things, he, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. Direction, right? You're listening to the bonus album of the KRP radio show. We're still on the air, folks. If you want to listen to the show, you got to listen via via phone, 619-638-8559. We're in the bonus hour. We're still with T-Mont, Sonny, Kelly, and we got a new call on the air, Sharia. Um, T-Mont, what were you saying? I, uh, 
are two things that just irks me to no end. <laughs> uh, even though I, I I like the things that Herman Cain says, I'm not going to vote for him, but somebody referred to him as a bootlicker. We as black folk tend to make it, we tend to want to call the, the successful black person who has found a way to uh, navigate the American system and, and, and win. Okay, at the American Dream, they got to be the bootlick and the Uncle Tom's, and then the black person whom we think is is going to be our white knight. Uh, somebody else has to be the reason why they're such a screw up. When Obama got in office, he didn't have to keep doing what Bush was doing. Okay, he could mm-hmm. turn the show all the stuff that Obama said he was going to do. He, he did not do none of it, and to keep blaming Bush. But what Obama is doing, I just think is 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 is, is a shame. It is a shame. Well, let Obama me ask everybody. Is man responsible for his own actions. Well, let, let me ask you guys this, because I mean, I voted for President Obama too, and not because he was black. I've said it several times, and I've even listed it on the show, and I ain't going back into it again. Catch a previous show. But I just want to ask everybody this: with four more years of President Obama, because a lot of people are saying to me. Um, he only had four years, and it took three years to undo what Bush did, and and the the, the, the Senate wouldn't agree. Man, listen, I ain't finna go through this. What Congress didn't agree, because I ain't seen that man veto nothing. But all I will say is that with four more years of Obama, what will happen in in you guys' words? We'll start with T. Mont moving on to Sunday, then Kelly, then Sharia. Four more years of Obama. We will four Is more dead. Sonny, what you got? He's not going to be reelected, and 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 that's why. And 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 the simple fact of the matter is, enough people have woken to the fact that they don't have jobs. And it's it's nice to sit and I'm I'm trying to be nice here because <laughs> without I was listening right, and I heard a couple of the of the of the targets of the clues, you know, that that should have set my alarm, my alarm bells off, but I didn't, you know, send them off. But when you have someone who says that the system will work if you know how to work it. So you don't change the system, you just learn to play within the system. Why have a system? Why not just have you as human beings going about your business and doing what you need to do to get yourself to where you need to be. And if it's about faith, then why is it that you change the system to go, I'm getting off point. Like I said, I, I'm 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 going to be good. He ain't going to get another turn. Okay, he ain't going to get another turn. Kelly, Kelly, what do you think? You're the, you're the political mastermind here. I think that not only will he get another term, but I'm reminded of something I read years ago that was said by Minister Farrakhan, that white trouble always seeks a black face. And they was, he was talking about when the Catholic Church got in front of, uh, got in trouble with the priest touching these young men and boys, that boom, they want to rush to put their black bishops 
up. Um, we look at the media. We look at, you know, crime and poverty appear to have a black face in America because the media portrays it that way because they, they don't want to act like other people are having these troubles. But, boom, everybody um, commits crimes. You're more likely to be um, a victim of a crime by people that look like you. And so my thing is not only will he get elected, but it's a reason he's going to get elected because things are going to go downhill and they want a black face on on white trouble. And Sharia, what do you think? Will get will President Obama get reelected? And if he does, will it be a better four years? Well, one one thing what the one lady had said was that why do we need a system? Well, one you know there always has to be some sort of order. You know, uh, there has to be order, you know, because if not, then we're going to just have chaos. So there has to be some sort of order that has to be um, that has to be well thought out of. Um, okay, when it comes who, well, to Obama who, who, being, when it comes who well thinks it out and who makes the decisions. See, that's the whole point of when you say that there has to be a system. The simple fact is that the people who live under the system are nine times out of ten not the ones who make the rules for the system. Hold so on, I think you guys, I think you guys, I got, I think you guys got the wrong system. Frankly, I want, I want, I just want to clarify to the listeners. We, which system are we talking about? Are we talking about the government as being a system or like a system like uh, welfare, for example? Our laws. Our laws and the statutes that need to be in play in order for things to work out the way that they need to. Who makes the – who decides what a person should be criminalized for and what should be legal? Because, like well, I said, the vast majority of people who will become criminals are not the ones who are making the laws, and that's not to legitimize or to uh, or to bring down the crime. Because you know, I'm all about how do we stop from killing ourselves. But the simple fact of the matter is, when you have people who think that the only way that society can work, that man cannot rule himself, that man cannot have responsibility. In himself, that man cannot live by, say, a gospel, a word by himself, and that in order for a man to be successful, other men have to make rules and laws, and, and, and they have to make everything acceptable for people to live in. That is there the point to be where, less that's where more dictators come from. Who, there need, there who, who's needs... logic? Who's lo- like, okay, take gun laws. Right? You say you take a city and you tell and the people say, Well, it would be good common sense if we take all of the guns out of the city. That makes sense because once we make it illegal and nobody can have a gun, then there'll be no crime. That's Name not true. City there has no crime. There has to be more common sense. There needs to be more common sense in that. We have a right to bear arms. One thing that we need to stand by is our Constitution. It says we the people. We the people need to take a stand forth of our Constitution, and we need to write our, 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 our legislators and our Senate and our, even our president. We need to write to him and say, you know, this, this right here, this is the system that we have right now. If we can keep this system right here but change this, this, and this to make this more acceptable for, like, say, for instance, for health for health care you know um obamacare i really don't believe in obamacare because it's it's limiting it's putting too much restriction on people having to 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 it's too it's, it's too com- 
Yeah, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, back to the point of, you know, say, for instance, we have less jobs. You know, honestly, there's a lot of jo- a lot of people hiring in my town, but at the same time, a lot of people aren't educated to have those jobs. So what do we need to do? We need to go back to school. We need to go back to school and educate ourselves, and not only that, but also improve on our on, on ourselves because a lot of it comes from temperance. You know, if we don't like our coworkers or whatnot, we get a, into a dispute with them, and, you know, we got to learn how to 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 have self control and and to go and and to go into the um into the rules by the book you know if if you have an issue with the coworker you you go to the next person up if they ain't handling it right you go to the next person up and you handle it properly you know mm-hmm. there's 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 a, a way that a system can work as long as it, as as we voice those changes that we have you know if you go to a business Put in a, put a note in the suggestion box. How better can we serve you? You know, um, I, I think you guys are kind of much talking about the same thing. I, I I support a system, a government, right? I do support a government because I know we need a government to govern. But I don't support mm-hmm. so much system in our li- in our households, in our bedrooms, man. Too much in our schools, in our churches. That's what I don't support over overly governed uh, and an overly governed system, and uh, that's absolutely right. What I'm seeing more of today is the system trying to take more control over the things that directly affects us in our households, and a lot of people don't absolutely. see that. So the things that they support is supporting too much government. They want a government to take care of them. They want a government to provide for them. They want a government to pay them. You know what I mean? So. I'm hearing people from the Occupy group saying, and no disrespect to them folks, because I think they should, you know, be able to put their voice out there and, and march and do whatever you want to do, get locked up, have, not knock yourself out. But I don't see how in the hell can anybody believe that you should get free health care, uh, a free house, uh, free education. I, I just don't believe in that. I don't see how that supports any people, how that well, can be it, a positive it, it, way to go. As far as a free home, there is a law, an old law, that if a house is foreclosed for a, a long period of time, there there is an actual law that allows you to overtake that property if no one claims it. You know, you can get a free house. I mean, I read this story that a guy paid a hundred bucks to, for a new house that was worth over, you know, nine hundred thousand, and it was because no one claimed it. You know, there's certain loopholes that that are in the system. We just got to find them. It's just like with certain grants. There's a lot of grants out there in this world, just in, in our in the United States, that you know, if if you're if you're um, African American or a woman or Native American, you can get a grant to start a business. You know that mm-hmm. you know there's opportunities out there, but people need to be more educated that there are things out there that you can go to to make that happen. There is that dream, you know, and and what people need to remember is that what Martin Luther King said was that. You know, I have a dream that my four children will not be judged by the contents of their color of their skin, but by the contents of their character. And we have to take that and and utilize our character to make it a better place in the world because it's contagious. You know, well, I just, and I'm just I, I'm shocked, right? Because in the same sentence where you would say content of character, you would talk about taking over a house that you could not pay the bill on and foreclosing on it. How is that? No, that, no, this, was some, this, this, that was 
someone who he, that wasn't his house that was foreclosed. It was someone else. I know. Else that, I, I, I know else the story was, about the. I know the story about the man down in Texas, but that wasn't that wasn't the point. The point is, if you have a content of character and your house is foreclosed on, you take the necessary hit that you took. Because your house got foreclosed on. You don't look for a loophole. That's what the system does when not a system of government. We were given our constitution. We live under our constitution. We live under our state laws. Mm -hmm. I am not advocating for anarchy (laughs) or anything like that. But what I'm saying is when you have loopholes, it, it that is the equivalent of you selling your moral character because you can, because it is available, because it is there. Just because you can do it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. Just because the system allows you to do it doesn't mean it's going to be that thing that helps you prosper forward. Mm-hmm. And, and and the content of character comes in if you are a person that made a mistake and you got into a house that you couldn't afford and you lost it, you then don't try to find a loophole to get it back because that's telling me something about your character. Well, so it, I don't see how well, I, I, I do know I do know someone who had gotten a, uh, a loan for a home, and unfortunately they weren't that educated to really read the fine print that the interest rates were going to be so high. So they pretty much got into a situation that they, they, that they put themselves into uneducatedly. It was an uneducatedly um, decision that they had made. Now, at that same time, you have a court system. If you take that to the court and say, listen, when I got this home loan, this, this, and this was explained to me, and this is what happened because I was misinformed or misguided, you know, and there there are judges out there that will rule in the favor of the defendant defending for their home, you know, because, you know, if, you know, there's, there's judges out there that also, um, they also, you know, it, it it all varies. You know, and these judges are appointed by 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 us, and they're they're voting. And you know, it goes back to being misinformed and and not seeing what what their true intentions are. Mm. Well, if if that's the case, then most of us who were coming up misinformed, we were misinformed by a school system that was created by the system to keep you dumb. And Absolutely. They didn't, they didn't educate us about the necessities of reading the contract, the necessities right. of um, of knowing what you put in your name on, the obligation of what you sign your name to, and, and standing firm beside that. But in all of those but instances, the- but in all of those instances, you can't go before a judge and tell a judge, uh, "I didn't know murder was a crime." <laughs> You know, you can't no, you can't do that sense. to say that. And, and and to say that you did make a mistake. You did sign this document unwillingly, unknowingly, whatever it is. Okay, that was a lesson for you to learn. You made a mistake. You went all the way wrong. Everything blew up in your face. It does not mean you look for a loophole. It means you take the lesson that you've learned to make sure it never happens again. Well, one one thing that our school system did teach us was to do our research. Before we did any type of project or anything like that, they, what did the teachers tell us to do? Do your research. Go ahead and 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 write down a summary of your findings and 
and make a report out of it. And 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 that's pretty much what we have to do is is we have to do our research when it comes to buying a home. We have to do our research on picking the right student loans, or we have we have to we have to do our research, especially on our politicians. And we also have to make that report and and give it back to our politicians that are currently in office. Because you know, back to the story of me fighting for people with disabilities at state legislator in '08. You know, my personal testimony that I said in the third person really actually made the the, the assistant to the state legislator that made that final decision to to send it to to the White House. He cried. He cried because there was that common ground that that I found with him that he thought of his own mother and his own mother's struggle, not 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 being you know because for for a lot of these politicians they get sucked up into this this you have to do it this way and you have to do it that way. Well, you know you got to play that common sense like you gotta you gotta be able to relate certain subjects with other people, you know, to create change. Well, you know, here's it, what I I'm sorry, go ahead. Like I said, it, it it's all about, you know, common sense of, of doing your research and making the right choices. And unfortunately, you know, people are are incoherent of the the choices that they make and it needs to be brought to the attention of our communities that we need to have programs like say for instance down in Florida. They have an independent living program mm-hmm. for foster care students or foster care children to take these independent living courses to learn how to live on their own. You know, because these kids don't have mommy and daddy to to buy them a house and whatnot. Well, guess what? This independent living program paid my way through college, and not only that, gave me eight hundred and ninety-two dollars a month to make sure I had money to pay my bills. There are certain programs that we can take from different organizations in different states that we can say this worked for this for this group of people. Let's imply that into a, a nationwide thing. There needs to be more awareness and more teaching. Um and and it has to you have to create awareness. You know, cuz I know that those independent living wow. classes helped me to move out when I was 17 years old and I've always lived out on my own ever since and I'm 27. It's been 10 years that I've been living on my own and I've I've been able to prove that the system can work. You know, and it needs to and and who knows, maybe I'll I'll run for 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 some sort of senate or something hey. like that one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it takes people like myself to say, say, you know what, there needs to be more awareness. Here's my story. This is why I'm running for president or this is why I'm running for Senate. You know, there needs to be more common ground that these politicians need to have with the common people. Because I've, you know, my family comes from, you know, my grandfather is a doctor and my two cousins are doctors. You know, I come from a middle class family. But at the same time, my mother raised us on welfare because of the fact that, it was an inheritance issue between my aunt and my uncle, and my mom wasn't given nothing when they bought big old houses <laughs> okay. and this, that, and the other with 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 uh, the inheritance money. You know, we had to learn it the hard way. My mom was a better woman for 14 years. I was ended up taken away from my mother because of the system. You know, because my stepfather was abusive. So I had to. I I, I was in a in a children's shelter. I was put into a foster home from on my eight, on my 14th birthday until the summer of when I was 17 going on 18. You know, there's certain wow. things that I can say I can relate to the human people because not only did, do I see it from a middle class point of view, but I can also see it from a lower class point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I I was able to 
one of the apartments that I lived in in Homestead, Florida, was, you know, predominantly black. And I was racially profiled by a Hispanic cop that didn't like the fact that a white person was 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 had had dealings with with black people and i was racially discriminated and you know so i can relate you know i have a scar across my face because a girl didn't like the fact that i was dating a black guy so she took a butcher knife to my face Hmm. you know stuff like that i see the injustice i see what's going on but at the same time i can also walk into the ghetto and i can also give them hope those kids that are selling weed and crack and this, that, and the other, and stealing for a living because they don't know any other way to go. Mm-hmm. They need to have people like myself to say, I believe in you. I believe that you there's something better in your life. You just have to take that road. Well, I, I commend you for all of that, man. And that and that's a, that's a heavy story right there. That's something that you can't keep silent. You definitely got to get out there and uh, tell your story, Sharia. You got to tell your story as much as possible. You got to let people understand where you're coming from so they can see clearly where you're going. So um, any, and, any, I'm about to close and, the show. Any shout-outs before you go? Because I got to close the show in a few. Well, I just wanted to say one one last thing was that mm-hmm. the reason why I called in was because I seen the comment about the Tyler, about the whole thing with Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to school for radio and TV production, hey. and I can personally relate to I can I can personally relate to Tyler Perry of why he chose what he what he did because. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, a mass media outlet to create change. You know, you ha- you put on the Tyler Perry show or pop in one of the movies. There's going to be someone of any race that can actually adapt and relate to those situations because they're, it's just not in the black community. It's in the white community too. You know, and and I'm living proof. You know, that it that it's there. You know, it's just people just need to stop playing the blame game and just take 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 responsibility for their own actions. I, I can't say you're wrong for taking responsibility. We, we're all about responsibility and individuality on this show. That's something we talk about a lot. And uh, I'm done giving Tyler Perry plugs for the night. He owed me about, I don't know how much money that man owed me. I might send him a check, send him a bill. <laughs> <laughs> Sharia, any shout-outs, man? You got to give some shout-outs before we let you roll. I got to give a shout-out to the American people for their drive and for their their commemoration for for having that desire for change. They just need to take that one step further. No doubt. Desire for change. That's what's up. You ought to put that on your Facebook. So shout out to Sharia for coming through, showing us some love. One love to you, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, Kelly, you still with us? I'm still with you. I'm about to close the show, man. You got the floor. I'll give you the floor for a couple minutes. If you got I any, just you like want to say thing. thank you for the opportunity to outlet. Um, it's always uh, good to come on your show and, and be able to call in. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I want to know when Obama is going to look at the fact that college-educated black unemployment is higher than the national average. I mean, does that statistic mean anything to anyone besides me? Me, because right. I voted okay. for him on that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I voted for him because of something he said that he would do with that, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Thanks for coming through. Sonny? Any shout-outs, baby? Always shout-out to P. Shout-out to you always. So um, keep doing what you do. Thanks for letting me come on. I know I talk a lot. Like I said, I apologize. You ain't got to apologize <laughs> to me. That's why we like you. That's why we love you. Forget all that. It's all love here. You my sister. It is right, what babe, it have is. Have a good weekend. Y'all have right. a good week. Thanks, love. I'll, um, I'll be sending you something here shortly. 
T Mott, it's me and you, baby. About to close the show, man. You've been silent on here a little for a while now. Uh oh. Did I drop him? I think I just dropped my man T Mott. I'm sorry, I hung up on the wrong person. Listen, KR oh, man, you didn't I'm here. I'm oh, here. Okay. And I thought I thought I hung up on you by accident. I didn't see you flash on the screen. Hey man, um, I'm about to close the show. We we well into the bonus hour, and uh, we're not we're not actually on the radio network anymore. We just probably on uh, actually you can only access it via. I'm not even sure if you can do it by the website, but on only on the phone line. We still got quite a few phone listeners here. But uh, any shout outs or anything that you like to say, man, before you go, if you don't mind. Yeah, I want to say. Thank you. I am humbled by the fact that you found me worthy to come on your show. I really appreciate that. I want to encourage you to continue doing what you do. Uh, Act as if what you do makes a difference because it does. And you have all of my support. If I can ever be of any assistance to you, please don't hesitate to call and ask. Uh, so I, I say that, and I want to give a shout-out to a young lady who uh, is in my corner who supports me. Her name is Miss Diana Kane. If she's listening or uh, was listening, thank you so much for all that you do and putting the word out. And, and brother, you know, uh, you just keep doing with you, bro. You, you got all my support, man. Hey, man, I, I appreciate it, and um I'll, I'll be reaching out to you again, you know, whether it's for the show or maybe I'm in the area or whatever. Ain't nothing Hollywood about me. So, um, you know, I'll reach out and we just, we just good that. folk. And, 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 uh, in response to one of your videos, I, I know how to act when I get a few in me. And <laughs> hey, man, I love your videos, man. It's inspiring. I love it. I, I try to comment. I try to read all the comments and post on it. And and it's beautiful, man. Don't stop. Whatever you do, keep that drive time coming. Do not stop, brother. Please don't. As long as I have breath, brother. And I look, I've already put one on. I love to be a black daddy or whatever it was you called it. I already went and put one out there, brother. I, you, you'll see me around a lot on that page. I appreciate that, man. I'll be looking for you, too. Okay, brother. Be good and be blessed. All right. Take care. Blessing. That was T my T-M-O-T of G-A. On YouTube, man, check him out. He's got quite a few videos out there. He's always dropping the knowledge. Um, I just want to end the show with uh, just just a couple thoughts, you know, before I close the show. And um, I just wanted to say a, a couple things to everybody out there. Is that um, one thing for sure is that shows like this, and there's a lot of blog talk shows, there's a lot of online shows, there's a lot of people who want to do something. There's a lot of people speaking out, social media. Social media has become uh, something very significant today where a lot of people express their voice. They have a lot of things to say um, because their feelings are high. Emotions are definitely high. And and most of us on either side of whatever fence you want to put us on don't agree with what's going on in America for in, in large part. Um, I think that right now responsibility is, is becoming a rarity. And that's something I was speaking on yesterday. I didn't get to go into a lot of it because my emotions took over and I just spoke from the cuff, but I had a lot of notes that, that I that I wanted to get out there. So I'm just saying them to you all that uh responsibility has definitely come become a rarity in the world today. And if responsibility has become a rarity across God's green earth, then 
quite natural, you know, responsibility in America has to fall in line with that. And this is the reason why a lot of things that we are coming, that we are barking on are, are the way that they are. I mean, if you take a small portion of irresponsible people and, and you add over, you add this this exuberant sexual advertisement that we have so far as TV, radio, and elsewhere, cartoons included, uh, misunderstanding of sexual activities that go on. The schools don't even preach abstinence anymore. Now they preach condoms and commercials and, and other outlets and this anti-God sexual agenda in, in this social America today, which is another thing that goes on. And and that all goes back to a lot of things that we talked about today. But it's an anti-God initiative that's happening. Now you understand why it, the leaders are irresponsible and the teaching is irresponsible and the parents are irresponsible because they never learn how to be. And the people that were teaching them never were responsible. It all comes down to us, folks. It starts in our household. We have to learn to be more responsible for ourselves, not depend on people to get the things done that we need done. And for damn sure, we got to fight. We can't just go for the okie doke folks. We got to fight. We got to keep going. No matter what, we can't give up. We can't get mad. You know, we can't stop dealing with folks because we got to fight for what's going on today. Freedom is something that we got to fight for. It's not an inheritance. It's not something that's given. We got to fight for it for tomorrow for our kids that's coming after us. I'm Pudgy, man. This is the KRP Radio Show. Appreciate it. Shout out to our sponsors at Autism Society, Allen's Trucking, also uh, SoundTrue.com. Definitely got to give a shout out to them. Frederick Douglass Foundation. Shout out to my man T-Mont, Kelly, Sonny, and the um, Full Negro Dialect. Make sure you check that out, FullNegroDialect.com. Um, every Sunday, same time. We'll be back next Sunday. Got to give a shout out to my man, Zoe. Special shout out to you, Zoe. You guys know him. Um, you know, look up his uh, Zoe TV. He's on, on YouTube also. People know him from all over the place. He's speaking what he's speaking, speaking his mind. And uh, got to give a shout out to all the listeners, man. It's because of you guys that we are the number one, number one black conservative talk radio show in the southeastern United States, and we're taking over the world. So shout out to everybody out there. I appreciate you guys rocking with us. Same time next Sunday, 8 p.m., we're going to do it again. One love to you. Thanks for listening.